guys and girls, and welcome to episode 184 of the F Reality Podcast. Today is all about games, 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 for the side serving of VR locomotion. We'll be giving you our hands-on impressions of both Zombieland Headshot Fever and Cosmodred. Steam VR added a nice update which will be helpful to VR streamers, and I'll give you my first impressions after trying out the new Decker Gear hip tracking module called the Decker Move. To round up the show, Zimmer's got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also, let us know what your highlights are in the chat so we can read out some of those too. First up, this guy discovered this week whilst deep in space that he has an irrational fear of twins. And I'm not talking about the Olsen twins. <laughs> it's VR streamer. It's Zimtok5. How you doing? Yeah, you love those twins, man. It's weird. Like I thought it was a glitch the first time I came across them, and then and then I found more. And it's like twins seems to be a thing in that game. Yeah, Cosmodread, that was good fun. Um, enjoying that. We're talking about that a little bit later. So um, my week's been very full. Uh, my my whole 2021 has been very full. Um, but yeah, things are warming up. Trying to get ready for the Canada move and stuff like that. So for those who hadn't heard, I'll be moving later this year. Um, just trying to process the visa now and then vlogging the house and stuff like that. But my week, um, I would say my highlight of the week, I have two two highlights, I'll couple them together. They're both short. Uh, the first one is just enjoying an old game, um, enjoying Ultra Wings, because I used to play Ultra Wings, um, oh God, now probably three to four years ago. And like, I went back to it and I was like, you know what, I never really took this seriously. I never really tried to beat the game. I never, like, I just flew around, got to one island. Did, did, did you play, you, you only played the party mode where you have to, like, uh, catch balloons and things like that? Well, <laughs> so I have, I finally unlocked that. I never oh, got did. to that before, which which I find quite daunting. So basically, in one hand, you're controlling, you know, your plane, whatever aircraft you're using. In your other hand, you've got a gun. And of course, in VR, you've got to properly aim down the sights. And you got to shoot balloons while you're moving. So it's kind of like six degrees of combat um, in flying. But that isn't the part that really took my breath. It was unlocking the rocket ship, which is like some German V2 that you strap yourself into. And then this thing <laughs> propels off the runway and then it cuts out like like that's it. You're like you get a burst of energy. You're in the skies and it's like and then it starts to nosedive and then you've got to do it again. So you, you got like about three shots and then the thing is dead. And then you just have to glide the way down and make sure you find your way to an airport. Um, so that, that's been a little bit shocking to me. I thought that it was just going to be like simple planes all the way through the game. It's not. Uh, but it's been such a joy. It's really like a chill game. And I've enjoyed that up in the skies. Mm. Um, but it's also nice. You can, you can put it on arcade mode or you can play it as a simulation. So even if you're a dummy, if you're a noob and you're still reading the manual while you're flying, yeah. you can just... Play it too. Well, that, that's actually what got me onto it because after Christmas, like I was talking, you guys might remember, I was talking to my dad about Flight Simulator and I was like itching for flight sims. I uh, played DCS and a few other games and I was like, what do we have on Quest? There's almost nothing. And one thing that we do have is Ultra Wings. And I've seen a, a hint that Ultra Wings 2 is in the works. So I kind of got itchy about it and I went playing it. Um, and it's just a nice, nice thing to play at this time of year, you know, especially when you're still kind of trapped in. It's nice to kind of drift around, look at some yachts and crash into them on occasion. It's good fun for that. So definitely. I found that especially with uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. It almost felt like liberating, you know, being up in the sky, the freedom to explore the countryside. You know, 
I really felt that sense of like getting out there, you know, which obviously yeah. we've been missing <laughs> yeah, the last like, year. It's like a mental levity that you get from these. Definitely. Yeah, it's just something about that motion, this like smooth glass like on rails in the air motion it's nice um although you don't get that smooth motion unless you're like got a 3090 on microsoft flight simulator <laughs> it's not smooth on any other card unfortunately yeah absolutely no not in that game not at all yeah. and then the the second highlight i'd say is just um just the other night i i, I got together with uh, five people playing oceancraft which i mentioned last mm. week which is basically a raft survival game where you build a raft you gather components and you craft and you build and um, it was just really nice. Like um, we were talking about Oculus Rooms the other uh, podcast one or two ago, and it was probably the closest ex experience to that because you're just hanging out, you're talking, you're kind of sitting around a barbecue, grilling some vegetables, eating them, you know, <laughs> trying to just keep your health bar up or whatever. But it's just really like low key and chill. And there aren't that many VR games where you can just kind of hang out together. I mean, even even Rec Room and VR Chat are not chill games generally right there's although, the opposite al energy although serpo is saying that it wasn't so chill for him he said that you left him to die on a raft what i might have <laughs> done that yeah mm. <laughs> only, only realizing now <laughs> so this is the real zim he's getting exposed <laughs> well the, know, the, the, more, the more people are in in danger around him he's more chill will, will you also do this to this show you know when it's on fire are you gonna leave first that's what happened yeah. at the end of the show last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He was super True. chill. Everything else was on fire. That's that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But that's how you know who's to blame, you see. So. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. Those are my highlights. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good highlights. Uh, also, where can we get the Raft game from? Uh, so this what? is uh, so AppLab.games. You can get okay. it. Um, and it's uh, it's about, so Oceancraft is, I'm trying to remember the price. It was around about a 10 or maybe six pounds, I think, or about $10. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Well worth it. The Good win. fun. AppLab. Cool. Next up. This guy wants to take Beat Saber to another level. He's planning to slay those cubes with his tongue alone whilst using the new HTC Vive facial tracker. It's, of course, Nathy. How are you doing? Hey, 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 right? hey, it was just a suggestion, okay? Can you show us what that would look like? <laughs> <laughs> like that, right? I mean, it's Amazing. pretty simple. Uh, just go up, yeah. down, left, right. That's it's, it. It's funny because when you posted that tweet, there was a guy called uh, Jimster71, shout out to you, oh, yeah. who tweeted... They, they should rename the game Beat Slobber. Beat Slobber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if imagine. any devs out there can make it happen, please. I want to uh, see this I, video. I, I do want to see some silly, uh, you know, uh, mods for, for this facial uh, tracker. <laughs> no, imagine. Imagine this would be an official DLC for only the people who bought, you know? <laughs> wouldn't you be worried about, I don't know what it's called, but that little tendon that connects your tongue? Oh. Like, wouldn't you worry worried about snapping that? I remember a dude in my high school... Snapping that like first makeout session or whatever was barely Ooh. very painful. I don't know what wow. it's called, but you know, I think. Imagine going to the hospital we... trying to explain that one as well. During a makeup makeout session? Yeah, a little too aggressive. How? Little, like... Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Don't do that. Well. So, so what about uh, other than uh, uh, dreaming of playing Beat Saber with your tongue? What else you been up to this week? I finally got to play on my PlayStation Five. Ooh. And hey. It was freaking fantastic. It was next level for sure, really. Uh, I um, I, so. I played uh, Astro's uh, uh, Playroom, right? Mm -hmm. That's the name. Uh, I, for, for some reason, I always think that I'm talking about that older game on the PlayStation VR, you know, where there were also these Astro bots and you had like a couch mm. game going on. Playroom. Yes. Playroom. Also, Playroom. yeah, Playroom, you know? So that's why it sounds so similar. Um, but... Um, 
well, Mike already warned me for the fact it was going to blow my mind, and I, I wasn't, like, I, I was in the menu, and I already put my brain next to me on the couch, because, my god, the, the fact that these controllers can simulate everything and let you feel everything from glass to metal and sand and grass and things like that, it, it really works. It's, it's not a gimmick. It's adding something to the experience because after I played Astro's Playroom and I was like, oh, hey, this is amazing. Let's download all these games. Then like half of them didn't even work with the controller and you mm-hmm. instantly miss it. You know, after yes. playing an hour with them, you're like, oh, well, boring. This game doesn't have it. Like it kind of killed my excitement for some of the like triple A games that just don't support it yet. So I, I do hope developers are going to make that uh, thing. But uh, the controller, um, you know, simulates uh, all these different like um, materials and, and, and mm-hmm. also physics. Um, and, and next to that, like the adaptive triggers, because we're not even talking about that yet. This is just the haptics, right? But that part was also like great where you had to, um, yeah, I don't know. Like they should make a- Astrobot 2, basically. That's what I'm going to say now. Yeah. But yeah. You, you get a crossbow. <laughs> so the freaking little robot has a crossbow, uh, a bow and arrow to be more precise. And you have to use the adaptive uh, triggers to uh, like aim. And you, you can like, it's, it's way easier and also harder at the same time to aim at your targets. It's more realistic, but also makes you more accurate in ways. So then I'm like, I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn with that. I want to play this. I want to play that. So can you explain that a bit better? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't understand. How does how does the um, sense like the the tactile so, part of the controller so it, make it, it more it, difficult it, or easier? So it's it's basically what it does. It's like pushing your uh, trigger a little bit in. It's like adding force to it, so you can't completely push it in. Well, you can, but you have to try real hard to do it. So uh, like the the, att- the tension on the trigger adapts yeah, to different yeah. mechanics in game. So yeah. like in co- so I get that, but but like when you're aiming, why are you because you feel it the because you you That's feel the string you feel the string that when, you're pulling when he's pulling the bow back. He's, oh, you, right. you can feel the tension in the bow when you pull oh, yeah. it and, with and the trigger. You, you yeah. can okay. feel exactly where it is. So where if it's somewhere in the middle or someone something like at oh. the end of of like you pulling it to the max. So it's more yeah. it's more uh, accurate. It gives you more like info on the, on the gaming side. So it's like the lab archery experience plus plus. Like, like oh it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah. next version of yeah, that. Because I remember just... feeling that and being like really impressed. But this is and and this that. is just a gamepad. And and in the intro, oh. the 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 control is also completely tracked, so you can turn it around and stuff and and inspect it. But this makes me excited, and that's weird to say in in 2021 that I'm excited for more seated experiences with. This gamepad in VR, like we had with Static and a few others, uh, Astrobot as well. It's also oh, a seated God. experience. So yeah. it's weird where, you know, on the PC side and also the Oculus Quest, we seem to be more moving into standing experiences, room skill, etc. Well, this this is like a, a subgenre on its own that I want more of. So, yeah. But if we, if we get all that tech in the new motion controllers, then we can have yeah, the best of both, well. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. But it, it's, as you said, it's a, it's a huge tease. There are like hints to different games from PlayStation, uh, also VR ones like the, the Shark demo, uh, Beat Saber, and a few others. It's just like it was like bullying me in in some way, saying like, "Haha, you can't have this." But it's so nostalgic because while you play this, you dive into your PlayStation. So they mm-hmm. uh, just 
pretty much tell you like this is the CPU you can dive in there the music is is fun and you find like things from the past like the PlayStation 1 PlayStation 2 but also the aim controller the adapter for the PlayStation VR dude like when I found that I, I was like it just brought back so many like fun games that I played you know I was like I would connect this at any time and, and play more so yeah Astro's Playroom even for someone who is just playing it on a pancake screen but is a VR enthusiast it's a blast man it's really fun awesome it's yeah. so so good and like talking about nice. the adaptive triggers like it really does add something to the experience and i've been jumping back into like call of duty like i used to be into it a lot back in the day like multiplayer and zombies getting back into it with cold war just recently and yeah. what i find is you after you play for like two hours you're like fingers are developing muscles you never knew they had because <laughs> you're getting that resistance on the triggers on both of them it's really really cool so really yeah. cool out of curiosity just to clarify so uh, is there are there any VR experiences which have been upgraded to use the controllers right now? No, no, yeah. it doesn't work. No, you can't yeah. you can't use the controller uh, this controller on the PlayStation VR two yeah. or PlayStation yeah. VR. Uh, sorry, VR Sadly period. Not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Soon. Okay. soon, 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 soon. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting stuff though. Very cool. Astro's yeah. Playroom. Definitely check it out. It's free as well if you oh, buy it's free. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, amazing. So next up, this guy has finally earned the Medal of Honor. Having spent so much time behind <laughs> enemy lines, he can now speak fluent German. <laughs> it's the one and only Rowdy VR. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. And the reason why it took me so long to finish this game is because I first took a two month course speaking German in order to really get like the full experience. Of course, before nice. even starting. So that's <laughs> commitment. Yeah, <laughs> that's commitment, right? I only didn't know that they spoke German in like this kind of like just. English with like a, a special kind of accent for the majority of the game. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely my highlight, you know, finishing that game. Uh, you know, I said I would get back to it and uh, give my impressions on it. And uh, I have to agree that, you know, the the first part of the game is definitely the strongest part. I do think that the story, it doesn't really pick up. It feels a bit bland. The characters are um, annoying, especially <laughs> the, the, the dude that looks like Harry Potter. Holy oh, God, that like, one is so annoying. Yeah, Ollie. Yeah, Ollie man, like I shot that guy so often in the face, hoping he would never return, but he always <laughs> came back. And um, then also, I I don't know why, but I felt sometimes a little bit like, like I was the little kid with special needs that they brought onto the mission as well. Uh, because, uh, well, first off, like all the characters are so bloody tall in that game. Like they're like two hats taller than me and I, I don't know if that's some kind of setting that they don't have my height right or you guys experience that as well but like in the beginning it didn't notice me that much but then afterwards when you start meeting more and more of the characters like almost every single one was like like a freaking giant every time I don't know why that was happening um, also it's not really bug free the game I encounter quite a bit of bugs in the game like levitating characters or scenes that kind of started playing but only the audio or uh, that they were like still glitching into each other or stuff like that i had that a lot um mm. so in, t- in terms of technical difficulties the game had quite a few i still had fun though you know i still find it a yeah. fun game uh, I-, I had a good time finishing it um, i wish for certain things that they kind of took like a different approach um you know with vr like there's so much immersion and i like, kind of I'm, I'm the kind of player with like like just soak all of that up and like take my time when I go through things. But sometimes I felt like the, the levels were a lot rushed. You know, you have a particular thing where you go down a slide and the person behind you is, is steering that bloody thing. Um, 
but she doesn't steer for some reason. You, I just fly into the cars, just like into every car that I encountered. She just drove me in there. Don't really know why, but I kind of felt like those kind of things were a bit like unnecessary. Uh, I preferred that they would have taken more like the the realistic take, like they were portraying this in the in the, in the mm. videos as well. With like you know you have those. Um, those uh, scenes of like real interviews with like you know war yeah. heroes and all of that, and that feels like a very different tone from the game, which yeah, is like kind of humorous. Yeah, it's and, comedy. Like, the Nazis are really dumb in this game. Like they're, they're incredibly stupid that AI. Like I, I literally could go in with that carbine rifle yeah. and just like shoot everyone. It's, it's weird, right? Like some missions are getting shot are extremely serious, and you're like, whoa, okay, this is intense, and and you can yeah. even decide to skip them. But there are also moments where you're like, wait, is this? It, it feels like a total different uh, title. But yeah. mm. what I'm wondering is did you find any more uh, Goebbels oh yeah oh, I found a ton <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to, to sort of like recap so like you you like me wanted it to be a bit more gritty and dark and a bit more realistic yes. whereas I think that yes. was one of the biggest sort of like things that me and Zim didn't agree on like Zim wanted a more <laughs> light-hearted game because he wanted to have fun in the game which mm -hmm. i totally understand his point of view mm. but certainly no, but from a, like, a, a game it's that's not that on... I don't like that yeah but it doesn't match with the overall sphere that they're trying to bring with that Medal of Honor and the interview and those war yeah. heroes. Like, it's either one or the other. Yeah. Like, you can make a very fun game, you know, really entertaining, shooting Germans, ha ha ha, very fun. Or you make it really gritty and really yeah. like, you know, like, this is like war. War is not fun, you know, like, you go through this and, you know, you, you struggle and you suffer. And, yeah. you know, that, that is but what that, it is. It, like, the entire the D-Day scene... Like, holy, that was a disappointment for me. Yeah, like, big time. I could literally shoot the guys that were going out of my own boat. Didn't get punished for that. Just shot everyone. You know, they were running towards the beach. Well, just shot them. Yeah, the best, okay, the best, you know, the best part about that, that mission is that you sit in this boat, you're ready to fight. So you grab your gun, you're like ready to go. But then it puts it back into your holster the moment the doors open. So you're like, oh, where did my gun go? <laughs> you're screwed. I would be dead in the real world, you know, when, when that would happen. But, um... Yeah. yeah, like and, and they go ahead, on. Mike. I was going to say just like dragging the explosives in in the raft and then putting them on the the the, the yeah you know, all the, the things you the, could do yeah. on D Day. The that's the thing you do. Uh, yeah, I sometimes like, yeah. I'm sometimes throughout the game, especially towards like when you know the missions became a bit repetitive, and I felt sometimes a little bit like a delivery boy. You know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you go you go over there and pick that oh, up, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. come back here and give yeah. that here, and then you know if you find Nazis, kill them. And that was it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it feels like, I don't know, like they, they put a lot of emphasis on the story and I liked the beginning. I liked how it took off, you know, it set the scene, you know, it was much more a slower experience because, you know, you get those large planes and you walk through that hangar and yeah, I was expecting yeah. more of that to happen. But towards the ending, you just like, I just ran through the levels and mm -hmm. if I saw a German, then but he was gone. Within, I, even my own allies, I, I, <laughs> I had to restart so often because like, one of my stupid allies like opens the door and comes like running out and I just oh, yeah, shoot yeah, yeah. them. They, they, they go all like, over the place. German. Like this the is AIs. why we don't play with Rowdy very often, you know, no, shooting allies. Like, yeah. Seriously, if you, if, you just, if you just stand there and let the AIs find it out, it's super funny because they're like all over the place and they're like yeah. trying to aim. But um, yeah, but, well. But it's funny, like talking about Medal of Honor, I saw a tweet, um, I can't remember who tweeted it out this week, but someone mentioned that this game cost 40 million US dollars to, to Freaking make. hell. I'm yeah, not surprised crazy. though. If you look yeah. at all the stuff that they, I mean, all the all the video shoots, all the plane and, flights they had to make been, to various locations and the assets in the yeah, game, true. I mean, it, I'm not surprised. And, and it's been years, game. dude. Like the first videos we saw of this game was with the Rift, the Rift CV1. 
of all yeah. headsets. Yeah. So True. I mean, it's yeah, been yeah. ages. But uh, looking like it doesn't, it doesn't play like like that, like a forty-five million game. No, no it could have been. You know what else? Like uh, even though I played this game, it's like a you know I definitely committed war crimes. You know while, while playing this, like I did so many things you shouldn't have done. <laughs> uh, but nobody seems to care. Like they just go like, yeah, you you doing a good job. You know, victory every time. <laughs> yeah, victory, victory yeah. and like like really. Um, and another thing that like that I found really strange was the. You know, I couldn't speak in the game, of course. You know, you had no voice. Yeah. Mm. But then I'm fine with that. But then I have to give like gestures in order to, do you agree to take on this mission? Give me a thumbs up. And I was just like, are you serious? <laughs> okay, then you give a thumbs up and okay, now go and kill some Nazis. And I'm like, but I, I don't, I don't remember any of the other Call of Duty or, or Medal of Honors that I played that were uh, like a, a comedy adventure. I think they were all no, super serious. This is like the first yeah, where they're kind of joking around, right? No, the first, the first, the thing is the first, the first Medal of Honor Allied Assault was, was like quite, it had a similar look to it. Fine. You know what I mean? And, uh, it, okay. and it was, it was more of a fun experience. Um, what happened was when they went to, when they went later on to um, a different perspective from Medal of Honor, I think it was after the first two games and then the third and, and subsequent games were very different tone. Um, and and I think I think there was definitely a place for that. I suppose for me going in, uh, like I agree with a lot of what you're saying. So for example, the beach scene, absolute low part of the entire game. It's so disappointing. Yeah. And it should have um, been the highlight, right? I think it. Yeah. The thing is, it shouldn't have been the low spot. That's where I stand on yeah. it. Like I don't. Yeah, I okay. think it's a little bit cliched at this stage to make D-Day beach setting the thing that you want to go and do because every World War II game has done that. And I liked what they did with the variety in this game. And for me, it was just. You know, if you're looking for an arcade FPS shooter that's high intensity and just, you know, you can go right through it, you're not you're not playing for the story. You're not. Um, yeah. The characters no, are I mean, fine. That's a bit of shame. That's a bit of a shame for me, at least. But I mean, I you're a story guy, though. So, I think the yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The the highlight of it for me was definitely the uh, the giant gun. Uh, how is it called? Eartha or something like oh, that. Oh, that thing. Fire that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I found that amazing. Where, uh, where that, it also that, like it shoots and you, your ears completely yeah. blow up for a moment. Oh, I know. It's what, like what an you iconic mean, yeah. gun. If you if you know it from yeah. World War II stories and stuff, and you see it in real, and then to get to climb is amazing. I wish that that they would have done more of those kind of things yeah. throughout the yeah, game yeah, yeah, when yeah, you yeah, have yeah, like yeah, these yeah. kind of like iconic kind of things or or scenic environments yeah. and they do do it don't get me wrong they, they no, do no, do no. it in certain parts yeah. they do it with the with the plane I think, hanger. I think they do it near the ending they do it in the beginning a little yeah. bit they, they have yeah. like certain scenes where they do that but i wish the emphasis was a bit more on i, I think they mm. could it's have still a fun game they could have made this game shorter and more focused on other parts of it to make it better i think it drags on for too long because as you said it becomes a little bit of a wave-based kind of world war ii shooter with just yeah. you know shooting 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 but did you play the multiplayer as well or not no i haven't tried it yet oh that, that's the thing yet. like if if people are watching and you're like mm, i don't and know this the multiplayer, you won't be able man <laughs> because there's there might be no one playing with. it yeah, okay. really yeah. i mean if you want to have a bash sometime ah, hit me sucks, up, but, um, it is a pretty game it is a pretty game it's gorgeous i think yeah. where they where yeah. they failed on this game in particular right is is qa and editing like to touch on nathie's point there i do think that the 14 hours that i put into it like it it feels like a lot of content but also the quality of that content and things that they could have cut. I agree with Rowdy. There are yeah. places where you you start to feel it goes Dude, long in the tooth it's, or it's repetitive. Like yeah. like like what Mike said earlier that it was costing like around forty five million. It blows my mind because Oculus didn't advertise it at all. It's like an expensive 
investment that doesn't go anywhere in the end, you know? I think they were just cutting their losses, weren't they? And just thinking, well, yeah, we're just going to focus did. on the Already quest, which is bringing the money out. in. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But yeah, nice. I'm glad you finally got to finish it anyway. <laughs> yeah, <Rada>. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, on congratulations on your medal of honor. Deutsch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what my favorite line in that game with when what the AI says like ich habe keine money mehr. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, don't, I don't have, have any ammunition anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so you learn something new every day when you tune you into go. this show. So what about the chat? What have they been up to this week? Uh, Anything good? Yeah, so we have Dave the Psycho who played Tiny Castles. Kukotron. What is Kukotron? Anyone knows? Kukotron is like a... It, it's another food preparation game. It's on App Lab. Okay. Uh, Cubism, Zombieland, and Cosmo Dread. Then we have Devolti first who played Beat Saber and Pistol Whip. Best rhythm titles out there. And also Synth Riders is a great one to dive into. Uh, then we have uh, uh, Darge Angel who uh, played some Warplanes. Flow Weaver, Catan along with my usual suspects, Puzzling Places and Solaris. Uh, then we have Serpo10 who uh, uh, dove into Battle Arena VR. Saints and Sinners, Oceancraft, yes. Well, he he didn't survive that, uh, right? Exactly. Um, and also Cosmo Dread. So Cosmo Dread is very popular. Um, and uh, last but not least, we have David Peters, who played Zombieland and uh, Ultra Wings 2. So, yeah. Oh, right. Nice. Another Ultra Wings nice. fan. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, my highlight this week was definitely Cosmo Dread, but we're going to be talking about that very shortly. But one thing I wanted to share with you all this week is this 3D printed... Vive facial tracker Ooh, mount for oh, wow. the Valve Index. index? Yeah. Dude, that looks um, like a religious the... symbol. I, oh, nice. Say it, does it does kind of actually. Yeah, it's oh. not. Though. I don't understand sex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did it just say sex? Why did it say sex? <laughs> <laughs> that was my watch. That was serious. <laughs> what the heck? It's probably like Please. what you. It's like a redial. It's like what you asked us last. Please, it's I don't want to. I don't want to end another show here. Okay, yeah, we just started. Please, no. Oh my god. So I knew it was only going to be a matter of time before the community came up with uh, a decent mounting solution uh, to mount the Vive facial tracker to the Valve Index. And this is one that came from the community. So props oh. to Stefan Donnell on Twitter, who uploaded this uh, 3D printed mount design to Thingiverse. Uh, it took me about an hour and 45 minutes to print, um, oh. but it fits really well and uh, just slots into place. And also, because it's kind of got a standoff section, there's enough room to kind of like route the cables underneath. Okay. Um, you need a, did you need a fastener for that, Mike, or did it, what is it just 3D printing? Uh, no, so like the, the fastener that comes with the original mount, the little screw here, oh. just screw through it and uh, attaches it in place, and it's pretty sturdy. Um, so yeah, that just kind of slots straight into the front of the valve index and then just kind of hangs right in the right position. How uh, does it hold it there? It just looks like it just kind of slides in. Does I, I it actually snap in? Or, yeah, is it so just it, like a so pressure so this, is, this is the glorious frunk and then it just kind of like slots Clicks. into place like this. Oh, oh so pressure fit. Yeah, yeah okay. pressure fit. Nice. Oh, it looks uh, nice. You could add some, some, some sticky pads if you wanted to hold it in place a bit more securely, but it does Blue a pretty tack. good job. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, certainly a lot more elegant than using like a yes. double-sided sticky foam tape. Um, <laughs> and if you're interested and you've got access to a 3D printer, um, I've added a link to it in the description down below of this live stream. So uh, um, can you now explain what happened to your watch? Um, I, I have no idea. So <laughs> is, it this was a, is, this, is this something in your agenda that you... Maybe. You might want to change it to after the show. Because after it's, the podcast? Yeah. What am I going to do next? Okay. I'm not actually <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not actually sure what happened there. Siri, trolling me live. Nice one, Siri. No, that's honestly terrible. It catches me out all the time. My phone just it's kicks off. It's definitely becoming sentient here. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not YouTube like bombing our stream, it's like everything else sabotaging us. Like our tech is sabotaging us. Um, oh my god. But yeah, god, also man. like worth noting, of Someone course, that, that please. the facial tracker <laughs> and the 3.0 uh, trackers released in the US this week. Oh, so okay. no doubt over the coming weeks, we'll see I, some I, more I, interesting I, implementations of this oh, tech. Amazing. I'm sorry, Mike. I haven't heard yeah, anything I, you I said. I forgot since about everything. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I turned up today. <laughs> I heard interesting implementations of this tech, and I just thought about the Apple Watch again. So. Sure, sure, sure. That's understandable. This was, a good, understandable. This was a good I should just put Mike. Siri on the show, to be honest. Really? <laughs> yeah. We should invite her as a guest. Oh, my God. Um, so let's get into the news. Although, the thing that I want to mention before we get into the news is about last week's live stream. So if you watched the show last week, you probably noticed that the last It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the watch. It wasn't the Mike's watch. <laughs> No, it wasn't my it watch, was, but uh, the, the show just completely dropped off without yeah. any sort of notice or anything like that, without us saying goodbye, which no. is very unusual for us. <laughs> yeah. um, it confused us all because we, we didn't know what happened. No. Everything was seemed to be fine at our end. It seems, in our little investigation, that the topic of conversation around a particular game, which I'm not going to mention <laughs> again because I don't want it to happen again, mm. uh, triggered the YouTube algorithm in flagging the stream and sadly automatically nuked it. Mm. Um, that's our best guess anyway. We haven't had any official word from YouTube but about it. We, we did have a good conversation about it. And what yeah. it basically came down to, I don't think anyone heard this. Well, if you listen to the audio version, that we just we said like this game does not belong on the store and should pretty be, much in summary, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, apologies for the end of the show last Happens. last week, yeah. but now yeah. we know. And yeah. The name of the game is actually safe because they neutered it, if you remember. So I'll say that it's the guy VR. Uh, which was yeah, launched that's the game. Oh, but, yeah. but they, they renamed the it. Uh, yeah. If you look around the web, you'll figure out what it used to be. Even, even, when, even when you say that, well, I'm getting right. nervous for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <But> we're uh, <laughs> got... <no. laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we'll be all right this stream. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the news. First bit of news is that it was someone's birthday this week. Any guesses oh. whose birthday it was? Uh, oh, uh, I, I think I know. Go on. Was it Alex? Or was it? Uh, was it wasn't it... Alex's birthday. It was Jeff's birthday. Je Jeff. Oh, Jeff Keighley. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Jeff Keighley from the no, Game Awards. No, oh, other Jeff. Jeff. The other, the other wait, wait, famous wait, wait, Jeff. Wait, wait, I'm smelling something. I could have sworn. Is, is that whiskey? Do you smell that? No, it's vodka. Vodka. Oh, oh no, it's whiskey. It's whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So of course it was Jeff's birthday. Um, obviously to celebrate uh, the one year anniversary of Half Life Alex releasing. Uh, which released one year ago on the 23rd of March. Mm. And to celebrate the one-year anniversary, Valve are currently dropping the price of the game, so it's 40% <laughs> off on Steam right now crazy. until the 31st of March, meaning that you can pick wow. up the game for £27.87 or $35.99 in US dollars. Okay, so, that's not bad. Voice. And yeah, you're still getting great. it with the Valve Index as well when you buy it? Ooh, good question. I'm not actually sure if they're still doing that promotion Was it just a pre-order bonus? I think it was. I, I think that possibly. was a timed bonus. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Because remember, it was also if you had bought the controllers. So right now, if you just bought the controllers, if anyone's bought the controllers to pair, for example, with the Vive, they'd be able to tell us. I don't know how many people are yeah. picking up controllers just to pair with the Vive in these days, but... You know. They're still, um, you know, when you look at the uh, monthly revenue 
uh, for Steam as a platform. The Valve Index bundle is always ranking pretty high, so it is still selling really well, which is great yeah, to but see. But it's also because it's a high price, so if one person buys it, it yeah, yeah, like, agreed. You know, yeah, passes. True. I'm not saying that it's not, though, but I'm, yeah. I'm curious yeah. now. Does that mean Valve's going to roll it into the Valve Complete Collection? Because I used to, I used to pick that up, and it was amazing because you get all of all of Valve's games. But I doubt it's in there yet. Imagine that, box. like a, a Valve bundle of hardware in the future. That would be hilarious. Yeah, oh some God. like full body suit with the index and but something else. The thing yeah. is, like a lot of games that you play and then play a year later, they're already dated. But this one is so good that if you play it now, it still feels yep. like a brand new game. And yep. for a lot of people, it never launched a year ago because it like launched right in the pandemic. You know, right uh, before, right yeah. after the like pandemic started. Yeah. 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 I remember vividly like PD jumping in my stream and saying that we're heading into lockdown in the UK. And that was the day that we found out. That yeah. was Alex oh, launch wow. day. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, like I jumped into Alex this week. This is a little tease as to what I've been working on this last week. Um, and I played Alex with a retina human eye resolution headset. Mm. It was insane. And and, oh, and wow. honestly, it it kind of like changed the game for me in a little way because when I was going through it, I was just checking out all this amazing detail in the environments and the detail is incredible in this game and that's something that you you probably take yeah. for granted when you just kind of blitz through it but when you stop like there's newspapers that i could clearly read i could read all the ingredients what, on the back of the what, beer what, can what, what, what resolution is that because human eye resolution that's not really a that's not really a thing well i don't want to give anything away <laughs> i will talk about it more uh on next week's show Ooh, i have talked about it okay. before on not previous shows resolution <laughs> No, I don't want to give anything away because it might okay, give a, right, it. Right. It will probably let you know but, what headset but, but, but it is. But we don't have anything to talk about this show, so can you please say something? No. <laughs> um, okay. I have a video dropping about it uh, on Tuesday, I think, hopefully. Uh, but then I'll talk about it on next week's mm. show. But yeah, it was pretty cool to soak nice. up all that new information. But this, this game is game. still ahead of its time. I mean, this could launch in like two years from now, and it would be still one of the best games, I think. That's just my prediction. Well, I just uh, it kind of ru- like it. It blessed my gamer heart, but it also ruined my gamer heart because after that, I was like, "What is all this like yeah. stupid like shuffleware that I'm still well, it playing?" It sets the bar, doesn't it? That's the problem, and yeah. nothing else has really come close. I don't like. Think. I, I like. I, I liked Alex first through, but again, like I'm, I'm probably in the opposite corner to to Rowdy here. I'm not as much a story guy. It's like if I watch a movie once, generally, I don't watch it again. If I read a book once, that type of I'm that type of person, right? So Alex for me is like a once and done game. And the problem for me with once and done games is that it's like, it's hard to go back. Not even with the mods? I'm. This is the thing. I'm not generally a mod guy. I'm a vanilla guy. Like ask me my favorite ice cream. Vanilla. Well, Why? Because it's like a good a good ice cream company will make an amazing what's, what's vanilla. What's your favorite crisp? <laughs> Ready salted. Oh, dude, get out! Wow, get out! I, I think I think wow. I think next to the next to the achievements, there isn't much replayability in the in the single player. To be honest, I mean, the, it, it is nice to yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Achievements and and also hunting down some of the Easter eggs. Um, but besides <laughs> that, yeah, it's not like there the is much else going on. One thing that did draw me back, and this seems really really shallow, um, mm. or maybe glass half full, but it was the that was the water physics that they added to the oh, game. Oh, the water physics, the, the bottle yeah, yeah, physics. Yeah. You know, I thought yeah, that, that yeah. was really neat. Yeah, it's nice. So yeah, nice. I mean, super nice game. It's so funny because it's like it was such a bizarre patch to come out, but it a lot of people uh, appreciated that. You know, since but, then we haven't really heard much uh, from from no. the game, right? Not nothing no. big that got released. Uh, but I mean, the engine is doing really well. I mean, people are building all kinds of stuff. 
Uh, we also spoke about it last week, you know, with Bioshock and so many other things that are just, you know, mm. popping uh, yeah. up. So it, it's it's amazing we have the mods, so you can you stay entertained. You know, you're not just buying the game, but you're also buying all the extras. Yeah. Actually, the yeah. horror stuff, I think, Mike, you, you recommended a horror game that was about 30, 45 minutes long, something like that. Um, uh, that was a mod to... Half-Life Alex, and also oh, yeah. sadly it's Bradley stuff that he, he yeah. put out. So those yeah. those kinds of campaigns, I appreciate those. I just never end up finding the time to do them either. I don't know why. It's just like, even even Skyrim, and you guys know how much I love Skyrim, it took me like four years to even touch a mod with that game. So it is yeah. what it is. You know? Someone actually mentioned that they added dev commentary as yeah, well. So did. it'd be cool yeah. to play through it again with that, the dev commentary. That yeah. is incredible. Like I did that with uh, Left 4 Dead back in the day, and, and the way they do that oh. is just amazing. The one thing I heard about the dev commentary is that because of, again, the pandemic and the timing of it, the audio quality is haphazard throughout mm. yeah which is unfortunate because they normally yeah. just nail that yeah okay. i always I, I also love russell in that game like he adds oh, like the the comic relief to like the tension and the stress yeah. of where the it's game. creepy yeah and, like you know one minute you're you're like getting hunted down by a head crab and then he's talking about like the construction of a blt and like the, the different ingredients involved and like alex <laughs> has never right. tried one before i mean i mean the yeah, fact that, so good. That, that he's watching with you through the camera that you're wearing yeah. is giving you yeah it's it's easier to play because it is like straight up creepy man it's like terrifying yeah, there are certain you, like you like really levels i never go Back alone, to. right? Yeah. You never feel yeah. really alone in that game, right? Yeah. You have like something well, or someone. There to... are there are a few moments, and those are you know mm. extra terrifying because of that. So they really play around with your feelings. Yeah. The emotional weight. I agree with you oh on my. that. Um, oh my! But it's funny because um, I think if you blend a comedian into a game uh, very well, as you do, he's a, he's a famous Australian comedian mm-hmm. or Zealander. Is he Kiwi or is Aussie? Ooh, I'm not sure. I could be uh, I could be causing a, a world war here, but yeah. um, <laughs> the stream's about to cut right now. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, I just think that when you do that and you do that successfully, irrespective of the genre of game, it mm-hmm. really helps it because one of the things I've learned in life is like comedy really wins. It, it people, tends to win over many other things. People are saying he's Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. Okay, good. Yeah. So I'm glad I checked because that's like the Canada-US thing. Like the little we, brother does not like the big brother. We almost yeah. got cancelled there. Almost. We, we but, pulled it back, guys. But isn't it insane that a year later we haven't seen that many other titles similar to Have Life Alex launch? Uh, you mean like cloning it? Like also... copying it? Well, on yeah. that level, you know, where it's like a big budget... AAA. I think what Valve shows like time and time again is that how great of, of, of a writer team that they have, you know, for yeah. pretty much every game that they have out there and how much value there is in having a good writer team for a game. You can make it visually astonishing like Medal of Honor did, but if you don't have good writers who know how to tell a story, then it will just be pretty to look at, but yeah. not fun to play. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so that is Half-Life Alex. came out a year ago wow. this week. We're getting old. You can now get it 40% off. So if you haven't played it already, go and do imagine, it. Imagine, imagine what are you, if you doing? haven't played it yet. Maybe wait until the end of the stream and then go can, play it. Can someone please say in chat if you haven't played Alex yet? I'm curious. Yeah, I'd love to know why and what why? you've been doing with your life <laughs> for the last year. Um, so now let's get into our discussion about Cosmodread. This is a game that came out uh, this week. Uh, Zim and I have been playing it a lot we've both yep. been playing it a lot yeah. every time i turn on zim stream he's playing it and when i'm not watching him play it i'm playing it myself wait, wait, wait. Um, so if you if you are playing it mike does it mean that it's not that that scary uh i would say because usually you're like oh no 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 i like no, scary no. games oh you, you do don't like scary mike? games no i don't we're no. the ones who don't like them yeah 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 these guys yeah. oh okay yeah. 
Yeah. So let, let, let's separate the men from the boys here a little bit and let, let the big men talk oh, about this oh, game. We're gonna, oh, we're going to do it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, that's fine. So Zim, that's obviously, fine. Um, being a big fan of this developer because he's the developer behind Dread Holes, one of your favorite games, is that fair yes. to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you, how did you uh, feel about Cosmodread having played it a fair amount? This week. I was. I mean, it's funny because when you have a uh, a single developer um, and they they create a piece of you know game artwork like Dread Halls, and then they create another one, right? You do tend to see some some commonalities that that come across, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's some boss, there's some um, there's some baddies in this that react almost exactly like the Dread Halls equivalent. Um, and again, I do, I don't want to spoil this for anybody who hasn't picked it up yet or whatever. So I'm not going to go into too much detail, um, but definitely if you've played Dread Halls, there are so- certain aspects that you'll see they've kind of changed the flavor of and represented them in a different light. What I th- what I feel is though, I would like to congratulate um, White Door Games on, on on making a game that does feel like a different game. This is not just Dread Halls in space; mm-hmm. it is a different game, and it is like the difference between I would say. Uh, let's say sugar um, and <laughs> wow. maple syrup. Flour. Right? Oh, the reason okay. I'm saying that, Dread Halls is like a game that typically runs between, on the random mode, not just the single player, which is kind of rubbish. The random mode, where everything's procedural, um, 7 to 15 minutes. That's about its average run length. It's short. It's scary. Um, there's a lot of adrenaline comes in. And if you want to scare your cousin, that's the game to throw them in. Mm. I would say Cosmodread, on its average, is probably going to take you, once you get acclimated to the game, like 30 to 60 minutes from what I'm from what I'm seeing so far. I haven't mm-hmm. beaten it yet, but I, I can kind of <clears throat> interpolate because you've got to scan through the various bits of the ship. So it's, it's less, um, I would say it's more like lukewarm than hot on the horror aspect. In other words... You can step into this. I think Nathan would be able to take this on. It is less scary as you step in, but um, it ramps over time. Yes. And actually, I would say oh. that if I gave it a two-hour profile, the first 30 minutes are quite spooky and kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. From like a, the half an hour mark to about two hours, I felt like it got a little bit repetitive. You weren't sure where you were. Every so often, there's a spike of, oh my God, what's that? Um, or you're being hunted or something. But after that point, when you start to understand how to work the ship and unlock various co- subcomponents in the game, it starts to really deliver. And the, yeah. the rogue light elements in the game are very effective at making you want to go taste more. So yeah. very well-crafted game. I'm now about five hours maybe into Cosmodread in my gameplay time. And I'm totally interested in, in, in both finishing it, in other words, beating it, but also unlocking all the bits that it's got to give. Is it, is so that's a, bit, a good game. Is yeah. it a bit like where... You know, when you played Alien Isolation, they first show you, like, you know, the Xenomorph, you're like, okay, uh, damn, this is going to escalate very quickly. Uh, and then you get super scared, and then at a moment you start to get more about, I'm observing, like, things, and then you use that in your favor. Is it a bit there's, like that? There's, uh, unfortunately, it's, n- maybe I've, maybe I've given it a, l- it's not a hallmark experience. Um, you do not get a, like a, like a, a peak 
that you're going to be scared by a creature and then you no, can but like the later. first time you you encounter them it's like extremely scary like holy crap what just happened yeah, it's, but it's, then it's, later it's on it's like up. okay you see them a second yeah. or a third time you're like okay now i know what they're doing and it gets like but yeah. i mean that's how you play dreadhalls too you know you're like oh that's the one thing again okay we need to go the other way around and you're casually just playing it but yeah. i mean that's with every horror game there I are think. fun permutations the one thing i yeah, would yeah. say is if i was to compare it against a game that I kind of feel like recently on Quest, for example, feels very similar. Um, was uh, uh, shoot, what's that game? Uh, the it's just gone out of my head. Bloody hell! Uh, it's it's the one. It's a, it's a first-person shooter. Crashland. Thank you. Crashland. Oh, Crashland. Crashland uh, was way too difficult. Like right off the bat, but it has similar kind of shooting mechanics. Obviously, this game is very different in that you can fight back, right? You can craft things in a 3D printer, essentially, mm -hmm. um, a fabricator. And those mechanics make it feel a lot more, a lot less like Dreadhalls and quite a bit more like Monstrum. Yeah. Uh, oh, Monstrum, Monstrum was a game where <laughs> you start on a ship. It's procedural. You've got bad things chasing you down and you're on a timer, just like this one, you're on a timer. Um, because you're going to run out of oxygen canisters. And you can manufacture oh. some, but you're trading off on some really interesting dynamics they got in the game, which is basically you got these battery cells, which allow you to light up rooms. <laughs> light up rooms, because it's very dim still. Um, and then and you've got to decide, like, do I need oxygen? Do I need light? Like, what are the things that I need to be able to survive to the point where I can oh, get, off oh, that's on, great. You know, get, get away on the ship? That's so, an awesome mechanic. It's a nice balance, and that's what I would say. Is so that it's not annoying to be having to worry about that. I didn't. I don't find it annoying. I actually okay. think that they. This is this is and this is why I said artistry, right? I really feel like uh, Sergio and this dev studio have gone from being like the short fuse game, which is Dreadhalls, mm -hmm. to more like a medium fuse game. And for a roguelite, one of the things that really turns me <clears throat> off of a roguelite is if I don't feel incentivized to keep playing. And I feel like it does an adequate job of incentivizing you to keep playing. And yeah. it, the scope of it has changed quite a bit. So, for example, you've got a, a map on your wrist. And in Dreadhalls, you had a paper map. The paper map in Dreadhalls would show you everything, except for there'd be fog of war. In this one, you can only see, like, a small arrangement. So you can get lost on the ship, and you kind of have to learn it as you go and remember where you are in the labyrinth that is spawned procedurally. Mm. So it's quite an interesting game. Mike, I'm really curious. I've been talking for like 10 minutes here now. What are your thoughts on the game? So you know when you really like a game, when you go to bed and you're you're thinking about it. Like that's a good sign of a game that's like completely hooked you. And that's totally is what happened with this game, Cosmodread. Like, so I started playing it and then, um, you know, I got early access to it. So thank you to the dev for, for reaching out and giving me early access. And then I was just playing it and playing it and playing it, dying over and over again, but learning each time something new. And, you know, you get different weapons. So sometimes you'll start with a, a crossbow. Some sometimes you'll start with a lightning gun. Sometimes you'll start with a pistol. Pistol is the best, by the way, in my really experience good. so far. Yeah. Um, and then you, you're searching the ship for different colored keys to unlock different doors. You have to get the ship's navigational system up and running, then other parts of the ship to eventually <laughs> sort of finish the game. And I got very, very far. And I think this is what you, you sort of touched on uh, there is like the tension that starts building. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, you kind of feel a bit like safe within the first 30 minutes, but then it becomes very risk reward sort of strategy. You know, it's like, oh, I've got, the, I've got to get these cells to the warp drive to power it on, but you know, I can't do two things at once and there's going to be some monsters in the way. 
And then like, it also throws surprises your way. So when you start to think, oh, this is getting predictable, it will throw you a curveball, and you're like, I've never seen this before. Like um, you walk into a room and then electricity will just spark off the ceiling and that can potentially kill you. Whereas you could take out the power cell and then that won't happen or there'll be a steam vent or there'll be a fire vent that will just yeah, shoot so, fire out and kill you. Because yeah. that, like that's what I saw from the trailer compared to like Dread Halls. It's a bit more Indiana Jones-like with traps and stuff that you also have to watch out for now instead it's of like, just yeah. things that spawn in. It's like the Hunger Games in space. There's things out there just trying to kill you constantly. Um, but, you know, there are things that you can craft. You know, you've got to look for blueprints, which then you can um, use to unlock uh, different uh, items from the the fabricator, like a 3D printer. So you gather resources, chuck them all on the 3D printer and print something. I've only locked like maybe a handful of stuff right now. Nothing's particularly useful yet, but there's like 40 odd things you can unlock uh, blueprint wise. There's also audio logs that you can get a bit of a context to the story and why you're there and what happened to the ship before you arrived, like which is really I nice. I like that. It's well Super done. nice. Yeah. And, like, and like Zim said, each run, even if you do die, you unlock modifiers so you can change the way the game plays the next time you jump in, which mm. then adds even more replayability to the game, even if you finish it. So you could say, okay, now I want to go back with less health, but I can run faster. Or, you know, I've got more inventory slots or less inventory slots or mm. some of the... Uh, the monsters are replaced by crawlers, for example, that like that freaking so jump fun. all have over you, the place. Have you done that? That is amazing. That is so, horrible. it is absolutely horrible. Like yeah. I thought, I was like, all oh, right, I, I think I've seen that creature. And then I put this mod on and uh, modifier and then I went into the game and like it's, you know the uh, the like the like face huggers almost. They're almost yes. like face huggers crossed with spiders yes. and they're hoppity and they go on the ceiling and the wall and they yep. come at you and it's like, it's terrifying because like what Mike's saying, like health is something that you really, you don't get a lot of in the game. And um, when your health gets damaged, like one little thing can kill you then. Yeah. And if you're, this is the, this is the point. This is the, the weight I really appreciate in the design of the game is that like you get to that point of momentum or progress where you really don't want to lose. You don't want to lose it. And the thing I would equate it to best in my VR gameplay experience is I used to play Subnautica on hardcore which is if you die once the game is over it wipes your save file yeah and i was like 20 hours into this and there were times when like you you'd almost run out of oxygen and you were like going to the surface or something would blow up in your face and you almost die and you really felt like you were you know your heart's Mm. beating everything's going and it that adrenaline run is amazing so that's what is carrying me back to the game is that the initial part is like setup and that first 30 minutes is kind of rudimentary but it's still interesting and then when it starts to get interesting in the second half the story it it, it it's enough of a delta that it's it's not the same story every time at that period it, like yeah. different things have happened to you like in, the, in my latest run i couldn't find the bloody door key and i'm i'm like going through everything to try and find it and at the same time you're like okay i'm just gonna use up all my batteries to ch- trade for oxygen just to buy me five more minutes you know so yeah it's really cool. It's and it feels like you're surviving. It feels like you're trying to get off this ship, which is definitely for me. Yeah. It felt like uh, it was giving me real Dead Space vibes. You know, I was mm, a real big yeah. fan of Dead Space back in the day. The audio design is spot on. So you hear uh, ship announcements. You know, um, like there's there's warnings going on in the background. You hear creatures moving about. The ship itself is like creaking and clanking. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's got this super creepy vibe to it. I really love this game so far. Uh, I can't wait to jump back in and play some more and finally finish it. I was so close to finishing it, 
and then I like something happened that I'd never seen before. And I was like, "What the heck?" I actually messaged the dev, and I was just like, "Dude, what the heck is this? Like, this is what? this seems like totally out of order." And then and then I saw a live stream from uh, a guy called Bearded Banjo, uh, oh, yeah. who played oh. the game. And and like Zim says, you know, you got to keep replenishing your oxygen. And he got to the very end segment, like there's a final sequence. And he actually ran out of oxygen during the final sequence and died. And died. After putting an hour and a half into a single run. So yeah, if you're if you're into this kind of game where you like live, die, repeat, you like roguelites, um, then definitely go and check it out. If you like spooky games, go check it out. I'd highly recommend it. It's ten pounds ninety nine pence in UK money. Uh, fourteen ninety nine in the US, and I think it's an absolute bargain. But this this is this is totally welcome because we are seeing so many uh, shooters, for example, on on the the Oculus platform, also also Steam in a way. Um, that these kind of things are rare, you know, and it, it's fun to be playing something else. This is a genre that is like the, just the you know th- unique. It, the, it, it, it's actually, to be honest, like since and you guys know I've been VR horror stuff since the beginning. I've played almost everything that I can get my hands onto. Um, it it really it really does feel like a horror experience that if you aren't into horror experiences you could actually get into. Yeah, it, it yeah. is less punishing than like a Dread Halls or like an Affected or the Persistence. All of those games not for non horror players. I honestly think that you could get into this, and it's a bit like I gave this horrible analogy, which my wife said this is absolutely the opposite, but I'm going to give it anyway. It's like wasabi peas. If you've ever eaten wasabi peas and you're sitting there and you're munching away on a bag and, and you don't realize it and before long you just can't feel anything anymore, I think that's going to happen to you with Cosmodread. I think you're going to go it. in and you're going to have all these like little, like almost like the little stings of fear, but you're going to manage, you're going to manage, and before long, six months later, you're going to find that you're playing horror games proper. And you're going to be like, yeah. why Why is my soul numbs him? Why can't I feel <laughs> oh anything anymore? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I also want to mention is just quickly about the weapons is that you've got an infantry system and they've they've smartly put the ammo on your left shoulder. So when you want to reload, you just grab for the ammo on your left shoulder, a bit like Alex, uh, Half-Life yeah. Alex, which is really smart. I just wish that kind of the inventory system was the same to put it back in. So you didn't have to open it up every time. You could just dump it into yeah. your backpack. Uh, we should definitely a- we should definitely talk on the little gripes because there's yeah. there's maybe, that that was one of my gripes. The, the inventory system is like a dynamic inventory slot. So it yeah. slides along and stuff. If it had been fixed, it would be far easier to put things in and out of your bag. I get it looks sexy, but it doesn't work great. It, like, And then yeah. the other thing is, like, particularly on PC, I don't know if this is the same on Quest. I've played both, but um, I've noticed that as you're trying to grab something and put it into your inventory, if you touch the side of an object while it's in your hand, it'll knock it out of your hand and drop yeah, it to the floor. it does that, yeah. And it's very frustrating. And like the point that you mentioned... I can grab ammo, but you can't put ammo into your pouch. And it's no. it's actually a standard now in VR to be able to stick into your pouch. And like, especially when you've got things coming at you, enemies in that, it would make sense. The other thing that I have is just audio. So audio design is good. It was good in Dreadhalls as well. And the kind of stuff that creaks and groans or shrieks at you and freaks you out a little bit, even when there's no, nothing there. I think they kind of went a little bit too high on the volume scale there. I don't just mean sheer volume. I mean... You hear a creature very clearly right over your right shoulder, for example, and there is nothing there. And it's yeah. illogical. So I, I think they need to do some editing on on that because mm-hmm. in Dreadhalls, I thought they did it a lot better and the environment... More um, spatial. 
Like you could hear something behind a wall, for example. Yeah. Here you can yeah. hear stuff behind a door, and that's totally fair. But hearing something and then they're not being it's just, there—it's just like playing playing a knock knock sound effect. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Probably. The question actually but from exactly. a sampler nineteen: sure. uh, How much of the game is actually being procedurally uh, generated? Just the layout. The layout. The layout. Yeah. yeah. So so I I thought you guys said um, I might be wrong, but uh, that the PC version was more interesting to play than the Quest one. I've been I, playing on a virtual desktop. Uh, yeah, I use virtual desktop as well. I've actually what's, done what's Quest. What's wrong and, with the... so there? Honestly, there, honestly, when you step from PC to Quest, the Quest build, yeah. you're like, oh, I can see everything, right? Yeah, the the, the oh, PC yeah, okay, version okay. is bloody dark. It is pitch dark, like it is black, um, mm. and the fog, the volumetric fog, the like feeling yeah. of of fog moving, is there. The Quest does have fog, which I was surprised about, actually. Um, I don't see that in a lot of titles. But I would say that the brightness level is just... The base brightness level in the Quest build is noticeably more yeah. lit. Um, and then, of course, you've got textures and things like that. But to be honest, once you've been playing for, like, 10 or 15 minutes, the Quest build is a really good parody uh, yeah. to PC, from my experience. I if actually, you have the choice, just play on PC. But yeah, if you don't, exactly. of course... Don't worry. You're not, not going to notice. Really there, there, notice. There are the still difference. games it's... that you should be playing on your PC VR headset. Man, yeah. <laughs> great game. Great game. Great game. I, I'm, great I'm game. so happy that we I got it. I gave it a buy. Yeah, yeah okay. definitely buy, nice. uh, in my opinion. And for the price as well, I think, you know, the replayability of this game, you'll exactly. get a lot of value out of that. So definitely recommend that one. Uh, so let's move on then to our second game that we want to talk about this week, yep. and this is Zombieland. So this is one that Nathie and I have played. Uh, Nathie's spent significantly more time in the game than oh, I have, but yeah. I wanted to jump into it this morning just to sort of check it out. And this is the thing. So when I first saw this game, I saw the trailer. I was just like, oh God, another zombie game. Do we really need another zombie game on, on Quest? On, on you know in, in VR, we've got Arizona Sunshine. We've got The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. And the gameplay that I saw, like the Quest native gameplay that people are captured in videos, uh, again, I thought was very boring looking. I was like, oh, this game looks drab. Like, I'm not going to be interested in this. And then I actually played it and I was like, this is actually really good. Like, this is, I'm actually having fun with this game. Like, this, really? this is the thing. Like, they, yeah. it, the way they marketed this game or the way it's been portrayed in videos, I don't think does this game very much justice. And I think as well, like XR Space, I think the company name is uh, that that made this game, developed this game. Yeah. Um, they they originally sort of marketed this game on IGN, like as a like a kind of like a multiplayer sort of mashup. Yeah, and Eurogamer. Yeah, all with the some, pancake, uh, you know. Yeah, and and they kind of showed the trailer, and they did this like kind of like um, competition between like four streamers, you know, like uh, Project Jamesify was part of it. And the thing is, I think they just marketed this game at completely the wrong audience. Like, why would you target yeah. IGN for this, which is predominantly Pancake Gamers or Eurogamer or GameSpot? You know, because those videos got, like, downvoted to yeah. hell on, on YouTube, and they didn't really spend much time or effort marketing it to the VR market that were actually <laughs> going to buy the game. But again, I think they could have done a better job in just sort of portraying what this game's strengths are rather than just showing the visuals and, and relying on the Zombieland brand because really those are the things that don't really do the game particularly justice. much justice. Yeah. It's the actual gameplay that does. Um, yeah. And maybe you can talk about that a little bit more, Nathie, the actual gameplay yeah. itself. Yeah, so so I agree. Like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't play like a Zombieland game. If you are a, a fan of the movies, uh, this, this is not going to be a thrilling zombie land adventure with a storyline and everything and also things that 
you know, uh, are inspired by the movie, like the Twinkies or Bill Murray's house, things like that. Also, the mm-hmm. environments you play in are, well, n- has nothing to do with the movie. They're just, it, it's just a good, like, light gun shooter uh, yeah. without really the, the Zombieland IP. I don't think it has much to do with that. There are the characters in there from the from the movie. They look quite nice, I got to say. And also the the menu is, is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But the moment you step outside of the menu, it's just it's just a nice, solid uh, uh, shooter. Um, yeah. But it's just that, as you said, they were marketing this as like Zombieland, Zombieland, Zombieland. Uh, there's not much Zombieland uh, about this. Um, but the thing that makes this so addicting is the... The, the scoring system in combination with you yeah. having to speed run. It's not about just, you know, finishing a level. No, you have to do it as fast as possible. And the faster you do this, the more stuff you unlock because you have this uh, toilet paper that you can collect during your runs. <laughs> and this is the currency of the game. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> and, and with that, you can upgrade your guns. So the, the faster you finish these levels, the more upgrades you have and the more also perks you get. Uh, and, and you can use those in other levels again. So it's a constant loop of replaying levels in a fun and new way. It's like repeating, but it's not getting repetitive. It's like a nicely, like we were talking about Medal of Honor, right? Like yep. this is a nicely timed game. It's not too long. It's not too short. It's not too hard and it's not too easy. It's just in the middle. So from the gameplay side, I think they they did a an amazing job. But just the the visuals are just ugly. Like it's it's just not a pretty game at all. It's like you I just step back I, into I, I, the I PlayStation mean, Two or something, you know. I I saw the trailer and I was like, dear God, there's so much HUD. Like oh, oh. like there's so much stuff flying around. Yeah, you around. can't turn like, it off. Uh, you can't turn like it that, off. That already really ticked me off. And also the... I mean, I, I get it. It's like a... I mean, it's just not a game for me, I think. Uh, like the being fixed in place and then hopping between different points and then yeah. shooting stuff. Ugh, but, like, but, I but mean, it games, doesn't really appetize me that much. Like It, it felt hard. like 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 what I was watching was like like Time Crisis, but then with zombies. Yeah, well, it's a pretty good analogy. Is? It's a pretty yeah. good analogy because that's yeah. pretty much exactly what it yeah, is. It's, a, death, it's an yeah. arcade shooter. Um, where the the emphasis is getting on the leaderboard. You know, like once you've gone through the single player levels, you then join part of what they call the Invitational, which is the the online leaderboard aspect of the game. And the idea is to keep running through the levels to get the best score and rank on the leaderboards. And if you're not like a competitive person or a competitive player that really is driven by competition like that, then maybe you might want to give this a swerve because it doesn't really have that much else going for it. Is this game very... Is there a campaign to play through no no no. it's not a campaign it's there is not really yeah well i mean technically there is, is, is it just I mean, levels and it's arcade yeah, shooter yeah, like, yeah 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 but do you unlock the levels as you go yeah, or you is do. it yes, you unlock you the levels okay. yeah, and you, you unlock, unlock levels and perks perks toilet paper yeah. uh also new you have achievements too that you can unlock and you yep. also have a shooting range those are well in my opinion not that interesting but they are there so if you want to spend some more time in the game then but i would just you say can. you know from you know, me, like, I was judging the book by its cover, and I shouldn't have done that, really. I should have given it the benefit of the I, doubt and jumped I in. I don't blame you on that. I mean, honestly, like, when we spoke about this, I told you, I was like, I played it, and the trailer looks bad, I know, but the game is not so bad. The mechanics yeah. are quite nice. But, yeah, the trailer was, like... The thing is, like, this game, the only problem it has, and it will always be there, is that it just doesn't look nice and not exciting yeah. to play until well, you does, play it. It do- Yeah, exactly. It looks yeah. better in the headset. Yeah, yeah, and well, the ga- and the gameplay feels more fast-paced and fun whilst you're playing it rather than watching it. That's yes. the yeah. big, that's And the I'm, I'm, as someone who hasn't played the game yet, I look at it and I go, 
Kind of like what Randy was saying. Like I get turned off almost immediately by it, and it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the it's like it, I've, I've, it's I've seen people you that. know streaming it. I've seen videos of it. I've no, seen the trailer. Yeah. None of it looks as a VR vet, right? It none of it looks appetizing. Yeah. yeah. But I recognize that, for example, on the HUD point, Rowdy's making. You guys know I'm very similar. I, I hate HUD. Things like Iron Man make HUD work, right? And mm. things like uh, you know until you fall and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I look at this and I go, okay. And the thing that I like the most, you guys mentioned it, right? But calling this a a like on shooter, you know, like House of the Dead or Time Crisis, we need we need something like that. Actually, we don't have that much on Quest. I mean, there used to be like Dick Wild and stuff like that oh, back yeah. in the Vive yeah, yeah, days, yeah. right? Which were good fun, well crafted yeah. games that were just literally to have a blast. Well, this in. this one this one is solid. It's just it doesn't look that good. That's the yeah. problem. Like, I don't that's care the about thing. looks that way. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, like from a marketing perspective, it looks to need like it needs to look good to a certain degree. But this game yeah. just has a problem in the in the visual aspect of it. Yeah. You know, like you it said, is, it's PS2. <laughs> it it <laughs> especially needs to look good if you're going to try and market it to the non VR gaming audience yeah. and try and sell VR based on this no, game. That was, like, that was just a mistake. That like, was a mistake. The comments on that video were just savage they were like oh welcome to mobile gaming 2020 2010 <laughs> it's okay. like, i didn't advertise vr you, you can't uh, really complain well. really you can't argue with that too much because it does look that way but it does look like that i will yeah, just say that terrible. you know the the, the the levels are like roughly about one minute each yeah. in length so it yeah. is about blasting through it and building the combo by getting double taps on the head. So let's double tapping the headshots. That's how you build up the, the the combo and the high score. And the more you do that, then the faster you get yeah, through the level. And well, well, you do those missions, and this is just the first time that you do it, is so, for example, in each level that you speed run, you have to find one item that is hidden away. And that item will give you... Um, a perk, for example. I don't remember what it gave you, but it could give you a perk. And this perk could be you get a laser sight to, you know, uh, make it easier to aim. It could be like doubling your toilet paper. Uh, it could be, uh, <laughs> what else is there? Oh, you can make the game even more double difficult. It's also a perk. Double ply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. But there are a lot of perks a that make ply. it spicier, you know? You can also have more, like, uh, stronger weapons paper. together. Gee, I don't know if I, know if I want that. Stronger, <laughs> stronger toilet paper. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm really curious though because you mentioned this double tap mechanic and it's kind of a slowdown along with the bonuses that are running that I understand it's kind of like yep. bullet time yep. does it feel like playing pistol whip then to some degree I suppose mm. in a little bit because you got yeah. well it kind of the reload mechanic is more like Arizona Sunshine actually because you pop the mag out and then you bring the gun down to your waist where click. the ammo belt is Yeah. and it automatically reloads for you yeah 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 that's um, okay. I, I but, think that works perfectly well for like a rail shooter like this. Yeah, right? but it's all, all, all I would say is, you know, I think if you're into that leaderboard style competitive game, go check it mm. out. Yeah. If not, yeah. then you want something yeah. more story driven. Don't bother yeah. with it. Go check out Arizona I mean, Sunshine. I mean, that's, that's what I was, option for you then. Yeah, that's what I was so disappointed about because you have the Zombieland IP. Then the game itself it is not really different. about Zombieland. Uh, like. I'm sure they they had to pay a lot of money to get this IP, right? But then you have the movies, you have all these awesome scenes from the movie because the first movie was amazing, I thought. Mm, um, yeah. To have, for example, a mission where you have to find a, a Twinkie van, you know, and, and steal the last <laughs> Twinkie and then you get swarmed by zombies yeah, or yeah. having to break into Bill Murray's house without getting noticed. Like, different missions in between, but it's just doing one thing very well. Well, I'm like this, like just take off the zombie land thing and just say nice leg. I get it. Like you sell more copies when you call it zombie land, but I wish 
this would have just been a good light gun yeah. shooter and we would have gotten a zombie land game later you know yeah, yeah. no i get yeah. that yeah it could it could they could have ended though kind of like um you know the servios um the servios equivalent right when you take when you take the ip and, and you try to leverage the ip and you don't do a great job of it it can it can sink your ship. It, maybe they're safer to have gone this route, you know. Well, they like it didn't sink the ship. They actually survived because people played it and they left reviews saying like, "Oh, the gameplay is actually nice." And that was a problem with Servios, you know. The gameplay was also not really well, interesting. What I, what I mean is like, right? Take Rick Grimes for example uh, <laughs> from 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 the from the Servios uh, game, for example, for for The Walking Dead. Um, on in Onslaught, like they took the IP, and some of it they did it justice, and some of it they really butchered it. And in the end, it makes you feel like, I don't know if you did the series justice as a fan of the series coming in, you know, ticketed with the, with the title of the game, you're going to feel a little bit disappointed. What I'm saying here is if they stay completely away from it and they're using the IP only to get attraction on the store shelf and yeah, sell exactly. the game, exactly. then actually I would prefer that they stay the heck away from Bill Murray and the things I love about Zombieland and just give me an arcade shooter. Like, I think yeah, 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 this yeah. is totally acceptable. And, and yeah, to be yeah. fair, like the parts where you do see the characters, it is in line with the characters of the movie yeah, you know is, they say is, the yeah. same lines they've got the same you know they look lines. the same <laughs> yeah they look the same yeah. but it does look way better in the headset than it does in video but it's yeah. better than i thought it was going to be is, is <laughs> yeah, my well. sort of takeaway from I, it like also like i i i remember saying like you know this is gonna get four or five stars on the quest uh, store and I even like, when no i was way. saying that i was yeah. like i'm not so sure anymore but now it's out and it actually yeah. has four or five star reviews for yeah. some reason it, it, it's because the gameplay is good not because yeah. it looks good or it's got no. an in-depth story no. but also well, dumb like games they do they're yeah. just like a dumb and fun well, yeah dumb and uh, fun. price wise it's uh it's a bit more expensive than cosmodred it's uh 14.99 in british pounds uh 19.99 in us dollars personally i think they could they they should have sold this at a lower price the same price as cosmodred but you yeah. know if people are willing to pay it then they're willing mm. to pay it yeah. um so that okay. that is Zombieland. So two two pretty decent games, very yeah. different. Will serve different audiences, which is great. We've got some variety there. Um, so that's uh, our thoughts on those two games. So now uh, nice. we've got some other news to get into. Uh, the next bit of news is a gentle reminder that from last week's show that now you can get a handful of PSVR games for free, along with some Pancake games during PlayStation's Play at Home promotion. Um, so the Pancake games available are The Witness. Abzu and Enter the Gungeon. Oh, uh, Abzu. Beautiful game. Beautiful nice game. game. Yeah. Yeah. PSVR games are Moss, Astrobot, Paper Beast, mm. Thumper, and Res Infinite. Astrobot and Moss. They're so great. Oh, God. Um, yeah. For free. It's nuts. For like, free. So, so visually as well. So you can add these games to your PlayStation account now, and you don't need a PS Plus uh, membership to, to keep them. Um, you can oh, okay. add them. But however, you just need to bear this in mind. You've got until the 22nd of April to add them to your account. But what I discovered this week and I asked for some more clarification about is that apparently you do have to install them on your system to right. keep them. Oh. But, but if you're like me and your you know, space is a premium, then you don't have to worry. There is a little workaround that the community were kind enough to share their little tip with. And that is that if you add these games to your account, then start the download, then cancel it it still counts as being added to your account oh, permanently yeah. and they'll still be there indefinitely. So that's a little 
hack trick. I did that this morning, actually, Mike. It's funny because uh, I did the same thing. So not having a PlayStation anymore, I used the online web browser to go (laughs) basically add. You do add to library is the thing you do. And then after that, you say download. And it does download queued and you're ready to go. It's it's queuing to that PlayStation that is like on the junkyard somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the way to do it, even if you don't have the hardware right now. You just need a PlayStation account, do it on your phone. Um, but yeah, these are great games. Like we said on last week's show, you know, if you're planning to get a PS5 and a PSVR2, these are some amazing additions to your library before you've even got the headset. So it's a good way of getting well, if, you, if, you, if you can get one, that's, that's the only problem, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I was focused on the trailers. Maybe you said this already, Mike, but the time phasing is the thing that I found to be the most odd about the release. So some of the games are available now. Some will only be available in a week or two. Um, like Horizon the- Zero Dawn, for example, yeah. only... Oh, it's yes. only available then a bit later. But from a VR-only perspective, yeah, those are available now. Yeah, so. I think I think Horizon gets added around the 22nd. So when this promotion ends, they launch Horizon Zero Dawn as a free game, which so, again, yeah. is awesome. Something uh, interesting that I noticed as well while I was playing on my PlayStation 5 is that you can uh, stream PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 games. But would that also work with VR titles? I believe um, so. I mean, I believe so. Like, I haven't tried it, but I believe the system is the same from the PS4 Pro, so you can stream directly to YouTube from the, the console. Um, but, of course, now with the PS5, you've got the, the HD camera, so you could add your own body cam to the gameplay. I but I mean, I mean, uh, like, stream... I don't, I don't mean streaming to YouTube. I mean streaming a game, playing it, you know? Like, the, like, like streaming the game that is still running on a server, you know? Like a shadow PC. Oh, you can't do that with PS5 games. No, not yet. Not PlayStation now. You can. Like I I played a few games, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 titles, and I streamed them to my PlayStation 5. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, no, no, no. Like right now, VR games are not, but that might be something interesting to... You're talking about PS now for VR. Well, yes, yes. Right, right. Yeah, it's not a thing yet. No. 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 Uh, But yeah... So that's the uh, the way you can get some free games added okay. to your PlayStation account before you've even okay. got a PS5 or if I'm you've not, got a PSVR and you haven't played Astrobot for some crazy reason, just after the show, <laughs> go and download Astrobot. it and play just, uh, it. Uh, maybe I don't get this. Like, how does this work business-wise for Sony? Like, I get I get the PlayStation Plus part because every month you're baited, fish-hooked into you know, the two or three games that they're giving away for the month, which keeps you stay with your subscription. This, however, seems to have no hook. What's the catch in this? What well, is the business side? Where are they making money on this deal? The, the, the promotion behind this is to play at home and play safe. So it's all about like people being at home, with yeah, co- you know, being in lockdown sure. with COVID, playing games. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah. I'm like Nathan. I'm like, where, that's the marketing the spin on here, right? Of where, course, look, of course. It's a good how spin. How does this drive sales? But, like Steam isn't doing this. EA, EA did something like this where they were just giving games away because it brings you to the well, store. I, I believe that if you are playing one of those free games and you're enjoying them, that you're willing to spend more money yeah 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 and also, like, like, there's the humble bundle thing right which is like okay we've got game number two coming out so let's launch a humble bundle where you can get our game for a dollar and then you know it incentivizes you to to convert and buy the second game that's just coming out yeah. in a month they do that a lot so i didn't know if maybe it was that but i didn't see any obvious corollary with the uh but, the but also like offer. the news around psvr2 is kind of heating up a little bit so giving away psvr games yeah. You know. Did they do this last year? I don't remember this. That's why I'm no, curious. I, mean, I, I no. do remember them giving away free yeah. games, but no Astro Ball as far as I know. No, not Astro a VR Ball. push either. Okay. So no. This is amazing, though. I'm so, so happy. I know we've said this on the PSVR 2-related episode, but like they're, they're really pushing, and I'm so glad. 
They're really pushing yeah. the VR side. Watto UK says PS5 is still not ready yet. Activate the NVMe slot. Yeah. So <laughs> if you didn't, if you're not familiar with this, they actually have a second slot in the PS5 that you can add another SSD drive to it, like a normal uh, M.2 NVMe drive. Oh, but they haven't right. activated it yet, so you can install one, but you can't use it yet. Um, yeah. So, so they're just software well, locking uh, it at the weird. minute, is what software you're saying. Software locking it at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Over, overall, if you own a PlayStation Five now, it, it it all feels a little bit experimental and early adopter. I mean, I wanted to change the theme of my profile. That's not even a thing yet. Uh, as you <laughs> said, like games are not even supported, so it's kind of nice to have, but it's just sitting there waiting for the actual fun stuff. Yeah. Launch. That update is apparently coming this summer at some point, the uh, mm. the extra drive update. But I need it because yeah. I'm running out of space already. Oh, wow. Warzone is like 120 gig oh, yeah. alone. So, you know, hell What is it just a terabyte that you get with it? 800 yeah, something, uh, like something right? Yeah, but once yeah. the system's taken up the space, you've, yeah, yeah, you've got very little. That's tiny. That's yeah, that's crazy. tiny for for that for that quality system. Especially like. when games are like 40 gig minimum on average, you know. I'm anyway. Glad I'm waiting. Jeez. That is a uh, PlayStation news. Final bit of news this week will be great news if you're a VR live streamer. So Zim might like this one. Oh. Uh, or if you want to multitask in VR at the same time, maybe watch oh. Netflix or something. Because uh, Steam VR just had a dashboard update this week. And the new dashboard oh. update makes the dashboard menu look a little bit nicer, a little bit cleaner. But the one cool feature that really stood out for me is that now you can pin your desktop or an application window to your controller. So this is useful as you could pin the like pop out live chat window to uh you know your controller so when you're live streaming vr you can quickly check see what the chat's up to and respond to your audience which is really nice and vr streamers have been using uh, an application called overdrop for a while to do this uh, yeah, i have done yeah. it myself as well personally but it is a little bit tricky to set up uh, it's not particularly mm. user friendly you kind of have to understand the the application's quirks a little bit but this is super super simple you just press on a couple of buttons in the menu and then you've got your chat strapped to your hand oh. and it works really well. Wait, and also, wait, wait. So, so does that mean that if I, for example, fly my ship in Elite Dangerous, I can watch this show? Yes. Or yeah. when I'm in Microsoft Flight Simulator with two FPS, I can yeah. still watch the show, but I have to just uh, bring one FPS down to still do it. It's 2021. No one knows what Elite Dangerous is anymore. Although man. you can't, you can't pin a window yet. It's just, it's just oh, locked you to your controller, as far as I understand. Oh, okay. Whereas okay. Oculus Dash, you can pin windows, but I don't think you can do that in this Dash mm. yet. It's just tied to your controller movement. So you rotate so you can, the controller, and then you see you the. You can chat. basically have an F Reality wrist. You can just watch the podcast while you're in your games. Job, job done. Sorted. The cool thing about this is, especially if you're a live streamer, uh, because, you know, resources are valuable and you want to get the most frame rates for your live stream, is that it's it's not as uh, intensive Thanks. to use this built-in application through Steam rather than running a separate application like Overdrop. And it's free, of course. So that's also uh, very useful. Nice. I'm, I'm planning to test this out. I'm sort of toying with the idea of doing a Cosmodread live stream maybe Thursday. So I'll probably test it out then and let you know what I think. But I think it's really neat. Uh, I tested it out a little bit and did a little video for the stream so you can watch it now. So, so we're going to see like. a two-hour live stream of you just looking at your wrists all the time? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So look forward to that one. Put it in your nice. calendars. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what calendar you have, but... Uh... So that's uh, that's the news. We got through the news. We made it alive, and the stream is still alive, so that's good so far. That's so, good, yeah. See, that's, that's where good. you turn it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. We still, we still got to talk about the Decker move. That's know, uh, that's a hot good. topic this week. So um, I teased about it on last week's show that they had sent through uh, the Decker move module. Um, this is what it looks like if I can get my camera to autofocus. There you go. That's what it looks like. Crispy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's a little like uh, clip-on module. This is 3D printed, but the final version, yeah, will be. Uh, although I do have small hands, just bear that in mind. <laughs> Baby hands for size <laughs> comparisons. Um, so this is 3D printed, but yeah, like the final module will look better. Um, but they were sending this out to content creators and people to test out. Uh, because obviously this is a small part of a bigger puzzle. They're, they're creating a new headset with new controllers that's going to be coming out later on this year, which I'll talk more about at the end of this segment. But this is a, a part of that sort of setup. Um, yeah. So what this is, is if you're not familiar with what it does, is that it's a hip tracking module. And initially when I talked about this, I was like, why would we want a hip tracking module? And it was Zim actually that sort of said, actually, this is going to be useful. And, and what it does is it tracks the rotation. Was it, was, was, was it Rowdy? Was it Rowdy? It was definitely Rowdy. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for giving Zim your credit, Rowdy. <laughs> Woo! Um, but basically what it does is it tracks the rotations of your hips and then adds that into the VR game. So basically with Half-Life Alex, for example, you could, you've got head movement normally where, you know, you point the, the thumbstick in the direction you want to move and it will normally follow your head or you can set it in some games to your hands. So it will follow your hands movement with a gun, for example. With the, this, the reason why I find it so useful is for uh, hip thrusting for certain types of VR games. It doesn't add any <laughs> hip thrusting to any types of games, so don't listen to Rowdy. I'm joking, I'm, I'm joking. But hip what thrusting. it does... Poor Alex, my God. What it does is that you can push the thumbstick in the direction you want to go, and it would go in the direction your hips are facing, which means your hands and head can move in completely different directions independently, and it won't track, change the direction you're going. Uh, so you can strafe essentially in VR. Um, and this is particularly useful in games like Half-Life Alex or Population One, where you want to sort of run in one direction, look in one direction and shoot behind you, for example, blind firing. You could do that now and it would totally work. Um, so setup process was super simple. Uh, basically, it comes with this little uh, dongle. So I can show you this uh, if my camera will focus. Basically, so like a USB dongle with a little yeah. antenna on it. You plug that in. And it pairs to the module straight away. Uh, the module was charged via USB-C and it just paired instantly. Then I had to do some like rotations, um, you know, uh, to show you the different axis that it can uh, track. And then once it was calibrated, just put it on my belt and that was good to go. As soon as I launched SteamVR, I could look down and you would see this kind of like Deca move overlay. And that overlay mm. kind of shows you the battery status of the module. And it also gives you an arrow indicator as to which way your hips are facing. So uh, it's pretty smart that it kind of overlays into these VR games pretty seamlessly. Uh, if you don't want to see that overlay, you can turn it off just by pressing the button once. Uh, and it'll turn the overlay off and just press it again, come back. And then you just push and hold on the button to turn it on and off. That's mm. pretty much uh, as easy as it gets. In terms of calibration, I've heard some people say that it can drift sometimes in games. We've got to bear in mind this is kind of like an early version of it. Um, but if you stand still and face forward with your head and your hips at the same time for about two seconds, that recalibrates it again, and then you're ready to roll again. But is that drifting maybe because of the connection as well of people? Because, I it, mean, connection could also be... Yeah, it could be, like, the, especially yeah. if you've stuck this in the back of your PC. Yeah, and especially not... if you have it full of <laughs> USBs already, and it's going to kind of... Yeah, you know? yeah. In the chat wants to know, Mike, if it works with Siri. <laughs> it's not compatible with Siri, no. Um, but the compatibility is the thing that uh, actually m made me really interested because Deca reached out and they're like, hey, we want to ship you one. I was like, I was like, not, not interested. And then, and then I started to see the videos popping up and I'm like, what games does this support? There's actually a pretty good list yeah. of support. And the fact that it's got that like integration that you were demonstrating with the ring and the battery status and all of that, 
it's pretty nifty, you know. Very nifty. Demonstrated Alex, and we were showing some of Mike's gameplay there. But um, like Skyrim supported, that yep. got me hot straight off the bat, and it's like that's that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So how, how how did you approach them after denying their technology? I mean, uh, please, Seth, please, <laughs> please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, please, it's like oh, please. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my phone. Viper says you got a contact for Decca. Thanks, Lonely Viper. Appreciate it. I'll share my contact. <laughs> so talk, talking about games, um, you know, like uh, Zim mentioned, uh, uh, Skyrim is compatible. Half-Life Alex is compatible. We've got Boneworks, Hyperdash, and Population One, just to name a few. Nice. The whole list of supported games is listed on their website. Do you want to go check it out? Do you mind Sadly, no. not. You know, no. the rock, the rock will be very upset that it's not. Wow, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would just say, it works. You know, and it works very well from what I've uh, I've tested it out so far. And oh, I was surprised, like, because like initially, well, I was like, why would I want something like this? But now I kind of understand it. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think this I is. I think very... they're doing a lot right, actually. Uh, Deck of Gear. Mm. I'm actually interested in, in seeing what they can deliver. Well, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like this this stuff is very promising. Where first. Um, we, we started off a little bit skeptical with, of course, their headset. Course. We were mainly talking about their headset, not about, you know, the DECA move. But yeah. this this is uh, seeming to, you know, do really well and it works. Yeah. So I'm curious what else there is going to be. Of course, making a headset is a total different ball game. Um, but, but, but the still thing so far, that, I said so back good. then as well, is like, this is old technology that already exists. It's just a matter of like That's putting true. them together and like making them yeah, work making together. And I think sellable. that is the, the challenge. But it's not like they're really like inventing some kind of new kind of technologies, technology that is already existing is just they the way just that they implement it. It's, yeah. it's, I think, very well done. And that's the whole, like, their whole pitch, if you read their website about, like, the, the deck and move and the deck of gear, for example, they talk to that exactly. They talk about the features that they want to see in a headset. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to put all this stuff together. And they talk about also about having a relatively small team. And from an engineering perspective, like yeah. what Raddy was just saying, you know, they're really just the glue. They're just kind of gluing that stuff together, kind of like what Palmer did back in the day when he saw that, you know, mobile displays were reaching the point where, hey, I could put this in someone's face and we could get a nice stereo image going, taped it together, showed it to Carmack, and boom, seven years later, you know, we got things like hip thrusting in, in Half-Life Alex. So You can't no, hip thrust. Not to say that, that is easy. I'm going to stop. Not so, to say that that is easy, though, huh? Like, no, I mean, it's, it's still no, 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 hip no, thrusting, you mean? No, yeah, no, hip no, thrusting. No, no. You, you I think Mike was showing us last podcast how to do that, that. Yeah, that was last week's show, and look what Maybe happened. Maybe that's why your watch got confused, yeah. Mike. So just to quickly um, state, like this is only compatible with SteamVR right now, although Decca are working towards having this compatible with Quest in the future and native mm. support with Quest. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, this module in itself is 69 US dollars uh, and you're going to be able to buy that soon separately from the complete package. Um, talking about the headset and like you, you guys rightly said, at the beginning we were very skeptical about the company because a company coming out of nowhere and making hardware in the VR space uh, it's very difficult, as we know. Even established companies like HTC have made massive mistakes <laughs> making hardware in the VR space. So it's it's not an easy job that they've got ahead of them. But I am less skeptical now, having seen because them this, implement yeah. this. The UI and everything, the menu system, the software was very user-friendly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just... I'm more optimistic now about. Well, maybe the whole... this is also a part of the whole marketing strategy uh, and and the push towards the headset. I don't Smart. know uh, what their plan is with the headset, how they are going to launch it. I just hope they are not going to go for the, you know, the kickstarting uh, route. Oh no, no, because... they've already done it. So yeah, so, okay, okay, okay. So yeah. with the headset, just to give you a bit of information about the Decca Gear, because it is an interesting headset as well. Mm. Um, they opened up pre-orders a long time ago, and actually they closed mm. those pre-order window today. In fact. 
So you can no longer pre-order the Decker Gear headset. I think they were so um, overwhelmed with the response from the community that they kind of like overstretched themselves a little bit. So they okay. closed pre-orders for now. They're aiming to ship at Q3 later this year. Um, the headset just gives you some like standout features. Uh, it's a 2160 by 2160 resolution per eye uh, display running at 90 hertz. So mm -hmm. same as the HP Reverb G2, which is a very nice display. Uses four external tracker, uh, external cameras for inside-out tracking, so similar to Quest, and it's got kind of like a hybrid controller that looks kind of between Oculus Touch and Valve Index controllers. Um, so the money is already in, basically. Well, no, because they were just they were just ten dollar pre-order secures. Yeah, okay. They weren't okay. actually full down payments. I was one of those people that did that as well. Um, so it's just a case of the actual headset bundle itself is, is very cheap. It's 449 US dollars for the headset, um, the tracker and the controllers, and it's got all this tech in it. Oh, and it's also got face and eye tracking built into it as well. For four, um, uh, for 450 bucks. It's a very nice price. And it makes for... you look like Darth Vader. So that's a perk. Yeah. Very, very I mean, cheap. A question from chat though, Mike, on the deck of move. Um, sure. I presume there isn't any force feedback with the device on your hip. It does have a haptic feedback motor in it, which you feel when you turn the device on and off, but they don't activate it for any feedback in game. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And also, I appreciate the design of it because it kind of looks like a Tamagotchi. And uh, I miss that yeah. from back oh, in the day. Oh, God. I remember killing um, someone's Tamagotchi when I was on a boat once. What? And then I was stuck on that boat with that person for a week, and it was the what, worst what happened? Experience. What did you do? <laughs> we need, we need this to be a part of the podcast. They, they were like, please. they were like, "Can you feed my Tamagotchi?" And then I like went onto it, and for some reason the battery was loose or something. It just reset the whole thing, and then she was like, forever just blaming me for killing her virtual pet, bloody Tamagotchi. It wasn't a gerbil, I hope. No. Okay. Um, wow. So yeah, talking about Decker Gear just very quickly, they also are making a wireless ad adapter for the headset so to make the thing completely wireless called the Decker Air that's only 50 bucks so if you want to buy it with the Decker Air it's like 500 bucks I... for the whole package I'm still very skeptical about whether <laughs> they can deliver it at this low price and that's why I wonder if they close the pre-order window once they got the pre-orders delivered and they've they've delivered them for that price then the price might get hiked up well, the, it's nice to see at least someone creating a, a, a full circle of like accessories and headsets and everything. I mean, that that's something we don't really see. Yeah, it's very cool stuff. Very cool yeah. stuff, and it works like you know seamless. Well, that, I was up and thing, running within so. like five minutes, which is so aside, rare. I'm really curious. Product. Like, aside from Alex, like for for those of you who are excited about this, Chad as well. Like, what would you? What would be your first go to with this? I mean, obviously, they're showing one. off. Pop one. I think yeah. you've actually got an, an advantage to a certain degree because you can run and blind fire behind you if you're running away from a combat situation. You can't do that natively uh, with the game. Good point. Because if you if you had it on like gun tracking, you'd be running in the direction of the enemy. <laughs> and if you had it on head tracking, then you know it would just be following your head. You could do it. But this is like you could be looking multiple ways with your head whilst running away yeah, and so, blind so, firing at the same time. So so let's say you play. Uh, Onward uh, or Pavlov competitively, then this is going to be a game changer. Essentially, I would this love to see like someone like uh, Lonely Vipers take on this, like being a real competitive player, and whether this would maybe constitute as some sort of cheat <laughs> in a competitive match. Does it also not. work in games like Lone Echo? Or uh, sorry, uh, Lo not Lone Echo. I mean Echo Arena. No, I don't believe so. I don't think it's supported. <laughs> but also because that game's in zero <laughs> gravity as well. That's anyway. true. But yeah. I was like, hmm, maybe. 
Yeah. No, but I understand because your hips could still direct you forward. Maybe. For example, like Shakira once said, "Your hips don't lie." Hips well, don't lie, especially <laughs> mics. Especially mine. God, right. Yeah. Wow. My God. So there you go. That is the Decker move. It works. If you're interested, at sixty-nine bucks, or you can hold out for uh, the full bundle, which will be releasing Q3 this year. But it's likely. Well, my guess is it's likely going to be more than the pre-order price that they advertised anyway. Okay. There you go. So now it's time for uh, Zim's releases. We've got some juicy yeah, ones this week. I'm excited this about these ones. There's all, there's all kinds of things happening this week. It's about seven things we've got to talk about. So uh, some of them we've touched on already, so I will uh, make sure to fly right through those. First off, the game we were talking about a moment ago, for those of you who weren't here at the beginning of the podcast, um, is Zombieland. So again, as we were saying, it's, uh, it's a zombie-killing race Um and it's a light gun game, essentially, right? So we said House of the Dead, Time Crisis in VR, uh, and that's yep. Zombieland for you. Um, it's very much a headshot-driven, short sprint uh, game, and for 20 bucks or 16 pounds, uh, that's now available on Quest, landed on the 25th of March uh, from XR Games. So that's Zombieland Headshot Fever on Quest. Nice. Next up, uh, if you like your shooting and you like it a little bit <laughs> rougher, then Doom 3 VR Edition on PlayStation is coming. So 29th of March, that's just two days away now, uh, on PSVR. This is something that we saw originally, the Dr. Beef mod um, that came that came for PC players, and they've been playing it for more than a year now. Now we've got this coming from developer Archiac uh, on PlayStation VR. So a VR edition of Doom 3 is coming, and it's interesting because this actually includes the DLC that dropped for the original game as well. So there's two expansions, which are called... Um, um, the Lost Missions. The Lost Mission and Resurrection of Evil. My printer is slowly dying and, and <laughs> my paper <laughs> is <laughs> in trouble here. Mm-hmm. Um, aim controller supported. That's probably the most exciting thing about the whole thing. Yep. And they have retuned some bits of the game. So, for example, textures have been upscaled. Sounds have been redone. I think we can thank Mick Gordon for raising the bar on that one with the uh, Doom uh, OST when they rebooted that game. Um and some 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 things like what we were talking about HUD before has been moved to the weapon instead of been floating in your in your face and stuff like that. So uh, I was watching actually GT play this a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. Gamertag, and um, game seems to run pretty smooth. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things as well that uh, he commented on, which I was specifically looking for, was is the pace of the game slowed down because Doom VFR was slowed down and it didn't feel like Doom. It felt a little bit like I don't know. Doom turned into Mario all of a sudden, a bit sluggish, you know. But no, it's it's a it's a full pace Doom experience, uh, which is good. And he said it was feeling comfortable for him, uh, so that's that's good. If you're into the kind of like white knuckle VR, if you're a Quake or UT player from back in the day, you like your fast paced FPSs. Doom VF VR, sorry, Doom Three VR um, is now available for you on uh, PlayStation VR two days from now. It's 2021 and it's launching on PlayStation VR. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It's yeah. weird because this is like <laughs> this news was really unexpected uh, for for Doom Three to get you know VRification after Doom VFR had happened, right? In 2021, this <laughs> is a very strange kind of array of events. I'm super excited for that. It looks great. I no longer have a PlayStation, so if I'm going to cry over <laughs> anything, 
This is kind of like how, how long? How long are we gonna have conversations every Saturday with you not having a PlayStation? I mean, this is gonna take a while, right? Yeah, but dude, like again, with the Canada move, it makes no sense for me to have That's UK true. electronics, right? Yeah. So I, true. I would probably would have to sell that anyway. It's gonna be worse when I have to sell my wheel and other things that plug into the UK sockets. I, so. I like honestly, I would trade in my food for a PlayStation to just drag it with me uh, on the airport. So definitely transformer, by the way. Yeah, that. transformer works, but I've been that way this way. It shortens the life of electronic. There's a whole bunch of reasons why not to do that, but okay. we'll save that for <laughs> another off podcast discussion. We don't bore them all to tears, Rowdy. <laughs> Before we start, you know, sharing waffles or something on the other side. So mm-hmm. let's talk about hands now. Uh, get our hands dirty into this next one. Oh. Um, Hand Physics Lab, which is a game that if you've seen it is quite naughty. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do in this. this. This started off as a side quest game, really was high up in the store, really well rated game. But essentially, um, it does. It was one of the first games to you know, really make use of hand tracking on the quest platform. And it gives you this really weird feeling because you can detach your hands, you can cut bits off of them. <laughs> like There's a whole bunch of different things you can do. You're, you can do finger painting and painting eggs and playing with little skeletons. And the whole thing is just bizarre, to be honest, but it's really fun. And it's done in this monochrome environment with like color popping and these fun little creatures that you can just have a play with. This is now landing formally on the store. And I love that we're seeing not only virtual desktop, but now this game. So side quest games are actually coming to the formal store. Hand Physics Lab's there. If you want to play with a kitten and get your hands on it, play with some puzzles and stuff, Hand Physics Lab is coming shortly. Very excited for this one, actually. I mean, at some point, these games become so big that there is no denial that you can't have them on the store anymore. And I think we're getting to that now, where there's so many players that there is no excuse. You just have to do it. You have to just pull the trigger. Yeah, and it's not just that. The point of inflection, I think. So think about this. Like, you're sitting in a boardroom and you're saying, my Oculus Quest can do A, B, and C. But there's developers out there who made it, for example, play wirelessly, who also made proper use of the hand tracking feature that we've got. That's what we're seeing now. We're seeing, like, the the augmentation of third-party content showing off and being a selling point for the quest yeah. at what cost to oculus right they just have to say let it through well, um, yeah. so yeah. this is the point of inflection i agree completely yeah. what would be next is my question i wonder what would be the next thing that would make the conversion mm. i have to think about that one for a minute one thing i wanted to mention as well if you're into hand tracking there was an update of um dev friend of mine Behind Cubism, Cubism is a game that looks like kind of three-dimensional Tetris, if you want to call it. It's a really tough puzzler. Looks easy, is quite fiendish, but now it's got, it's come out of the kind of alpha or beta of the hand tracking, and that's come out and released. So you can actually play Cubism now with hand tracking. So it depends if you want to do constructive gameplay, like uh, like Cubism, building things up, or destructive gameplay, taking your slicing your hands off, uh, then you might find that in, uh, in Hand Physics Lab. <laughs> Okay, next one. This one, coming out of the left field, we've got a game called Starcaller. Uh, this is PC VR, and Quest App Lab will be coming shortly. Uh, for £16, 20 bucks. Monarch Studio, on the 2nd of April, is landing what I can best describe as WarriorWare VR. This is a ritual-driven game where you are trying to, as fast as you can, puzzle-solve in virtual reality. It's quite a good-looking game, actually. So you take those kind of elements that you would normally find in room escape games or puzzle games, things like The Room, for example, we're fans of that, 
except for you're doing this as quickly as you can. And there's kind of a leaderboard with it as well. So there's 30 different puzzles that you have in this and they are flung at you and you have to solve, I think, 12 of them to complete the ritual. You know, once you've done this in a certain time period, you go on the leaderboard and you're there globally set. It looks like very slick. Um, the, card, yeah. the, the design of the game looks lovely. Um, and this is from Denny's Kubert. Uh, so I believe it's single dev, uh, which is really surprising because the game looks like it's well more polished than that. Yeah, and it so, looks room scale too, right? I mean, this is this is uh, like a little room that you can stand in and just go from one place yeah. to the other. Yeah, exactly. So I played it uh, this week, actually. And um, like you say, the puzzles, they actually come at you by all four sides. So you can work on one puzzle, then quickly move to your left and then work on the next puzzle. And then they will rotate as you've completed them. Do you know what I mean? The new puzzles yep. will, will merge in. The really cool thing about this is that if, you, if you've ever heard of the show The Crystal Maze, you'll love this. Because what it does is, once you've completed the puzzles in a certain amount of time, it buys you time at the end uh, in like a little mm. arena part where you've got crystal shards raining down. And when there's a blue portal, you've got to throw the shards through the blue portal, like in The Crystal Maze. Oh, when you grab the gold, grab the gold. Uh, leaf... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah and, amazing. But the portals change color. So sometimes it'll be blue in front of you, then it'll appear blue behind you. Uh -huh. So you've got that kind of scramble <laughs> to get all the crystals in. And that's how you rank on the leaderboard. It's through the, oh the amount of crystals wow. that you throw through the portal. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's really, really smart. So what did this dev make before this game? I have no uh, idea. Any, or yeah, nothing. I, I didn't look. I, I don't recognize the name. It's because not it, a it looks very, I've it looks before. very good. You know, it's very, like, very polished. Wh wh where did this really dev nice. go? You know, where where we needed this dev. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I want to ask you, Mike, is is the is the um, uh, the snaked ropes puzzle as satisfying as it looks? Because it looks bloody yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the puzzles are really well laid out, and they just ramp up in difficulty. So yeah, it's it's pretty frantic. It's good. So this is not like mist. <laughs> no, it's way more casual than Mist. So you don't you need to read a book uh, first to get the idea. No, no, yeah. no, thank God. Or learn a language. But the one thing I will say is the replayability is probably not so great because, yeah. you know, you'll probably play through this a few times and then you But you like, can't get faster, right? I mean, if you, you don't, also you can like speedrun your way out of the it. The variety in the puzzles isn't particularly amazing. Do you know what I mean? They do ramp no. up in difficulty, but... Yeah. It's all about getting the speed and ranking on the leaderboards. Again, a bit like Zombieland, if you're not leaderboard <laughs> competitive it. driven, then yeah, yeah, you yeah. might not like uh, this in terms of the replayability that it has. That's what oh, I'm Very saying. good. All right, now, now we're into the lickety split fast bit of the of the mentions into the into this week. So I wanted to cover off a game that um, I played on Oculus Go, Daedalus, which has is, is actually dropped wow. now on App Lab. Uh, that's from Vertical Robot, the same people behind Red Matter. Uh, beautiful yeah. game. Really it's quite simple, but it like it really. There, there's a few. There's only a few titles on Go that really stretch that platform, and to have this now available to Quest owners, love it. People who have played the original game have said that again. The visuals, the way they've remapped the controllers, etc., really sing for it. It's something that you would sit down with. It's a real easy game to kind of sit in a chair and just play away and enjoy yourself. It's visually stunning. Really, really nice. It's kind of like one of those super chill games. You get into like that kind of meditative state. When you play it, I certainly found that anyway, playing it on Go. I agree. Yeah, old, I agree. old but still lit, right? I mean, yeah. old but still lit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, to the top as well as another game that's well, uh, dropped. That's... So to the top is the opposite it, kind yeah. of <laughs> because True. this is as frantic as you get. It's a game where that's you're awesome. jumping, leaping between platforms. 
um, there's obstacles and literally it's it's a it's a run and jump and it's kind of like the climb on on uh, I don't know speed maybe and and I would recommend both you know checking out both of those games because but, but now they're available. The, the fact that class. that to the top is now on uh, App Lab is a historical moment because it triggered the whole thing. It actually yeah. created it's, App Lab it's like two indirectly. Years ago. Two yeah. years ago, this whole business yeah. started. It was, and now it's, it's, and now it's on there. Yeah. And I still think, like, like the moment it actually gets to the official store, it's worth it party because, like, as you said, two years of hard labor from all these devs to try to get this system done. Yeah. And now it's finally there. And it's not, like, how long do we have this system now? Uh, since Christmas or something? Half, maybe? Two I don't months, know. Uh, it, it's not that long, you know? So no, I think this is, this is a great moment, especially at To The Top is now... Yeah, on there. Yeah. They need right. to have a party, right? Then a to the top party once they make well, it to the top, make it to the store. They should. And they've yeah, also got absolutely. the sequel in the works as well, haven't they? Yeah. They do. We talked okay. about a while ago, yeah. So um, that's a couple that are coming. Floor Plan 2, as well, I just mentioned, is also coming, um, which Plan. is uh, another solid game re releasing again on, on Quest. That's landing on April 1st. We've got quite a few devs leveraging April 1st as a release date. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to mention, just a bit of news the people behind Standout, which is a Battle Royale, Royale game, and War Dust, which was a 64 oh, 32 v 32 yeah, player multiplayer what game. happened to that game i mean i think it's still running it's still available on steam you can buy it okay. i don't know if it's um you know it had a lot of bots and things but now they, they're, they're they've made a grand theft auto 5 multiplayer clone called um gang v uh, obviously again starts with the g ends with the v it's almost gta 5 right um, but this is this is a bit nuts, okay? This game looks absolutely r ridiculous. First off, the map kind of looks like a rip of the GTA V world. Yeah. It it almost looks like an like an exact replica. I don't know if they did that. If they did, beware because oh, it, it does. It does. Like I'm watching right? this. I'm like this is this like GTA. Yeah, definitely. It, it really looks dodgy, right? But what they're trying to do, this is really an interesting pivot, and this is why I wanted to mention it. So this is shortly going to be available for Steam early access. It seems like that's going to be within the next month or two. And I wanted to mention this because what they've done is they've made it so that it's a, a VR game. You can play in VR, but you can also play it flat. So you can play it in, in, as a, just a standard game. So that'll help them with their player numbers, maybe, right? Maybe, but I think people would probably just be playing, you know, GTA 5 multiplayer or something else. But if this really gets that population and you can drive a car, fly a helicopter, right? This kind of thing. They actually did succeed pretty well with the previous two games. Standout was a great Battle Royale title. War Dust had success. A lot of FPS people liked it. I just wonder, is this pivot now to kind of go from being solo VR game to VR plus flat going to succeed for them? I'm curious. But so isn't, isn't this kind of like Battle Royale in, 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 in disguise? Yeah, and it's so just the same game, but but with different not, assets in it. Not quite. Sorry, I've not done a great job of explaining the gameplay. So um, the video that's playing shows very much a battle royale style. Well, yeah, that's game. what I'm saying. Yeah. The world itself, however, um, it allows you to, for example, take over businesses, earn money with that money, buy upgrades, weapons, and stuff like that. So it's a lot more GTA Five multiplayer esque than your standard battle royale. And so there's a bit of you know territorial domination here as well. So that's the part that really excites me um, with this title. Now it's called Gang V, as I said. Um, this isn't out this week, but I wanted to give this as a kind of a finishing punctuation mark to this podcast that this is the kind of thing that we might see. And this blend of this cross blend of like 2D and VR might be quite interesting. It is a, it's, a, it's an interesting strategy. Yeah. 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 
Nice. I don't know. Are any of you guys GTA 5 multiplayer players? Yeah, you guys? I have. Definitely. I have played it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot. It's a bit manic, isn't it? It's a bit crazy. It's very like. addicting. And it's it like Nathan's you're, got you're a platinum living... shark card. Well, I did buy a few before I started yeah. to get them in a different way, but um, oh. yeah, yeah. Black, black um, market shark cards. Well, let's, let's just say it like that. But uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, like living inside this GTA online world, like, yeah, for some people, you know, shooting and, and driving over people is the only thing they do. Um, but it, it's also like a social world, you know, where you could meet friends, yeah. buy yeah. things, do fun stuff together, play golf, uh, etc. So, yeah. Um, for now, this is a this is a great thing in between, I guess. Um, but I, I still have hopes that GTA 6 is going to have some yeah. sort of VR support. Oh, please. I, 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 please. Yeah, please, please, please. I think it's a must. I mean, Rockstar is smart. They know VR. Well, the experiment with LA Noir, we saw that it worked. Even for a part, it was quite impressive. So um, yes. just make it happen. It was. And just, please. okay, so another... Just a quick recap on uh, this week's releases. Zombieland, Headshot Fever, that's on Quest. Doom 3 mm. VR for our PSVR scene. Hand Physics Lab on Quest. And I mentioned the Cubism hand tracking update as well. Starcaller coming to PC VR, and that's on the 2nd of April. Um, and we've also got Floor Plan 2, Daedalus, and to the top. Oh, Daedalus yeah, and to plan. the top dropping on yeah. App Lab. You can go to applab.games to find that. Mm. And Gang V, they're in our future. Keep an eye on that one. We need I, I, floor plan I, too because um, you know our poor friend uh, James, Project Jamesify. You know if he doesn't have that game, like what, he's going to run out of money next year. <laughs> he's milked he the original one that. for two years. <laughs> he needs more. <laughs> poor Nathy's melting. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, we're going to round up the show. Um, so I'll just quickly recap the times. Just a reminder: this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show. Live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. Unless the times are all up the flute, which I have no idea. <laughs> you know, what time you, know what, you know what would have been funny if you would have said now, and the show cuts at uh, this yeah. uh, moment. And then... <laughs> no, yeah, it does just normally. Um, so you can uh, check out the audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Hit the like button if you've enjoyed the live stream and subscribe to the channel for all our future shows. And okay. we'll be back next week. With I, I, I don't think I need to ask you yeah, what you are going to do after the show now. No, we'll, right. we'll let Mike go back to his series now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Got, uh, I think it's time now. Got an appointment, lads. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> right, I'll see you a lot later. Thank you very much for joining.